Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, DC Comics podcast from Mild Fuzz TV. I am Peter, and I am joined, as always, by Matt. Hey, what's up? Connor's here too. I am. I'm pretty sure for a second then Peter forgot what show he was introducing. I am not going to confirm that. <laughs> but I, I may I may have been about to say something else and went, oh no shit, it's the comics podcast. And then just smoothly, and that was very smooth. It was a smooth uh, no, transition. Not smooth enough. Well, it's only because you're used to me introducing so many things. You know what my what my voice sounds like getting into all the ones. I think for most people that was that was perfectly yeah, well, fine. No, no, no. Now, now they know. I just ruined it. I wasn't paying attention. I just heard my name and went into autopilot. So (laughs) you have no excuse, Connor. Aye, exactly. Shut up. Wait, what what did I do? Everything. (laughs) I thought we were just yelling at you. That's why I went again, autopilot. Yeah, no, it's fine, Matt. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Go continue. Continue. Continue on. Uh, This this is DC Comics podcast. We talk about the comics books that were released this week. and we have, we have a lot to do. It's uh, week two, of course, and they decided to put one of their big one-shots leading into the big summer event out in this week, so we'll get that to do. Uh, so that's Dark Days of the Forge, issue one. We also have Detective Comics 958, Action Comics 981, Wonder Woman number 24, The Flash number 24, Titans number 12, Supergirl number 10, Hal Jordan, The Green Lantern Corps number 22, Superwoman number 11, New Superman number 12, and Batgirl and the Birds of Prey number 11. That is the books that are coming up on this week's show. Um, so you can look forward to those. There'll be timestamps, of course, in the descriptions as always. If you want to skip books, you, maybe you've not read those ones. Yet. Maybe you just don't care about some. Maybe you, you just you're one of these people who who just likes Batman stuff and Batman related things and not Superman. So you want to piss off my Matt by skipping those sections. I mean, they they, they could be trade waiters. They they could. Be, well, I know some people do uh, watch or listen to the show who are trade waiters, but they they, they like to hear everything. It's not because yeah, they're. Right. I mean, yeah, if they, if they read the rest of the books, but they trade away a couple of things, yeah, I could see them skipping yeah. those sections. I get what you mean, but uh, some people aren't as spoiler phobic as uh, as we are. They're very easygoing with it. I don't get it. It's weird, Matt. You're very quiet. It's like of of upset. I'm just listening. No. <laughs> it's just well, listen. When is the last time Matt just listened? It's this new thing I'm trying. He's trying to keep calm. Uh huh. Because with, with Dark Days, The Forge coming, I need to keep the calm. Um, not The Forge, necessarily, but you, the event in general. It's, it's just, no. it's like, it's a Batman-focused event, so he's just wary, and he's ready to, to explode with anger at any moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he's, he's, he's just in this trance. He's like, yeah, yeah Metal, Metal is coming. Obviously, we're in the first step towards that this week. Uh, Joe, it's not coming, Matt? What? Some fake guy named Connor Kent you keep going on about. That's not happening. That's one. It's like baseball. You get three, Pete. You get three. I'm, I'm, just try- I'm trying to break this ridiculous facade. The, this the funniest thing is, on. there is a news article coming up where, where Matt could have a, a shred of hope. Oh, yeah. We'll get some news to talk about first. Yeah, I was going to meet with the nice cities and ask how everyone's week was. Uh, too hot. That's the answer. Too hot. Uh, E three was fun, not as exciting as last year's, but uh, there was the fun games. What's E three? Uh, I I know this is dirty dirty Marvel talk, but uh, Spider Man looks quite good. There's a Spider Man game coming for the PS four. Yeah, it looks like the Arkham games, just with Spider Man instead. But at the very least, yeah, with, Sp- with Spider Man, the moving around the city is much more fun because you're swinging rather than just gliding. Are you saying that Spider Man's better than Batman, Pete? Because that's what I heard. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I, I heard. I'm saying his long range traversal 
is leans itself better to a video game, perhaps. You guys heard that? It's probably not <laughs> yeah, yeah, but if you really want to see him back up that opinion, give it a week and wait till the Spider-Man Three review hits YouTube. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's no defending that. That was uh, one of the first midnight movies I took my wife to, and I'm oh. surprised she still goes to midnight movies. I am surprised. I'm surprised you didn't get dumped on the spot after that offense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Jeez. Uh, yeah, we recorded. The whole... Yeah, we, right? I was gonna say we recorded the Spider-Man Three Influx right before this. It was about half. I I I like to look through all my comics again. We were a little bit late starting than we normally are because I had to read all my. Or not read, but skim my comics again after we did that review. But. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're on Patreon, you get that week early. That'll be up soon after this goes up, actually. Uh, but yeah, we did the first two movies. You know, we're fairly positive. It's got a couple of things that we thought hadn't aged well. We we're maybe a bit critical of some of the cast they, they decided to go with in the film. But Spider-Man Three is just a goddamn mess. It's it's, it's un- unsalvageable. Yeah, Truth. That's why Raimi left. He's like, you take Venom, I walk, and he did. And then Mark Webb came in to save the night. No, never mind. Never mind. But we got Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about the ones in between. I know, I know, but Three I mean, and and Civil War. Well, yeah, so, but was was that weird realization when it's like, wait, it's only been ten years since Spider-Man Three, but we're on our second reboot since then. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. This is far too much Marvel discussion. It's like far it. too much. I, I do apologize, folks. This is false advertising. This yeah, right here. Batman. Let's get back yeah. to that. Ba- Batman, comics, DC, uh, news. There's good news. Let's talk about news. Uh, so, in relation to the Metal event, we're getting a series of one-shots throughout September, uh, October, and November. Uh, we got two in September, three in October, and two in November. We have creative teams for the first five. We don't have them yet for the final two that are coming in November. Uh, but they're all one-shots, and they seem related. Now, it actually does offer a little bit of maybe insight as to where this metal event's kind of going. Yeah, it makes you kind of go, oh, okay, I think I see why Batman's the central character. <laughs> yeah, uh, so basically... Each one of these, it's, it's like these dark universes that the metal's all going to connect to, it seems that there's going to be evil versions of Batman, which are kind of like evil Batman fused with another character come from each of these universes. At least just from that's what, what these are. Like, yeah. That's what it sounds like. I mean, we could be a little bit off in our, our sort of thinking there. but uh, So here, here's the one shots that are coming out. So in September, you're getting Batman the Red Death number one. Uh, going from the cover, this seems like a, a Flash-related evil Batman, and given the creative team, I'm going to I'm going to back that up because uh, Joshua Williamson's writing and Carmine G. Diamonico is a uh, is a uh, doing the art. So yeah. that's that's September. Uh, the second one is Batman: The Murder Machine Number One. I think this is Cyborg. It is. Related. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Frank Thierry uh, writing and art by Ricardo Federici. Uh, it says a lot that I don't even know if that's the Cyborg team. I don't know. It's not. It's definitely not the writer. <laughs> definitely not the writer. Um, then October we have Batman: The Dawnbreaker number one, which is the Green Lantern related one, uh, which is Sam Humphrey's writing and Ethan Van Skyver on art. Uh, then we have Batman: The Drown number one, which no bonus points for guessing. It's the Aqua Aquaman related uh, tie-in, uh, which is Dan Abnett and Philip Tan. Uh, on the creative so, team, it, it, it's strange because we got the the cover for the, the for the first issue of Metal this week. Yeah, and uh, Aquaman's not on it. That's correct. It was the on the one the... I got. All oh, right, okay. It was just um, 
I want to say it was a Romita Jr. cover. No, 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 metal, no, metal number no, one, Matt. Not, metal. not Forge. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Forge. No, the actual no, no. miniseries. Gotcha. It's, got, it's got the rest of the league, and they make the cool, you know, the, the, the metal fist. Right. Yeah, yeah, the devil horns. Yeah. Yeah, mix that with the Justice League standing in the right place for it, and Batman holding up his cape kind of does the thumb. Uh, yeah, yeah, but Aquaman's not there. What's interesting, though, is that it's Hal Jordan representing the Lanterns, and I was like, oh, it's like the five main Justice League members and Cyborg. Yeah, you can't, yeah. Add, can't add Aquaman, even though he's going to be in the Justice League movie. Can't have him there. Yeah, I'd be, uh, yeah, I'd be cool. Although I'm glad, just uh, not, not to uh, talk about the Forge yet, but I'm glad to see that Aquaman's rocking long hair and a beard now. I'm happy for that yeah. change. Yeah. I'm cool yeah. with it. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, so that was the last one I did, The Drowned. Uh, so the next one in October also is Batman the Merciless, uh, written by Peter J. Tomasi and art by Francis Manipal. This is the Wonder Woman fusion evil Batman down from that it, team it's it team. doesn't even matter about the rest of the event i'm, I'm, I'm reading that yeah uh, next up we have uh, so these are the november books which don't have creative teams yet but we have batman the devastator number one um i'm not sure who, what this is maybe exactly um, there's like a big monster sort of silhouette yeah it's doomsday is it doomsday so oh it's evil batman doomsday oh well so it could be jurgens writing that one uh, yeah, it could be yeah but then again like i mean would, would we have guessed <sighs> tamasi on the wonder woman one so i mean yeah, I mean, Tomasi did the uh, the Superman Wonder Woman stuff at the end of New 52, though. Yeah. Oh, true, but I mean, he's not... Whereas some of the other ones, it's like, oh, that's the... Sure, that. but I think the thing is, with Wonder Woman, we don't have a, a set team going forward at that point yet. We don't know who it is. True, true. I mean, I think Jorgens is a fair guess, but I wouldn't put money on it either. I, I, I could easily see it being anyone. Um, and then the final one in November is The Batman Who Laughs. Uh, which I actually have to applaud. Obviously, it's going to be a Batman-Joker fusion, and I get why that's last. That is the main event. You save that till the end. Yeah. You save you save Batman mixed with the Joker till the end. Uh, I feel like that one could actually be uh, a Snyder issue. It, no, I, I would have guessed that as well. Um, I just want to commend the title. I think it's a fantastic title. It is. Yeah. Batman Who Laughs is a great title. Matt, you're being very quiet through all this. What are your thoughts? Just, if I knew Dark Knights was going to lead to evil Batman, I wouldn't have been excited. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about Batman fusion characters. I just... Uh. No, admittedly, I don't know if I necessarily care about these one. I, I often find one-shots tied to events to, to be very hit and miss. As, as if, sometimes they feel a bit redundant or they just feel like they're, they're just cash-ins rather than being worldly of telling their own story. Um... But that's it. I am glad that these aren't because I mean I think New Fifty Two DC would have had these B issues in the books. Like, yeah, you know the yeah. Flash one would have been in the Flash and so on. Which I mean that's a minor concern that we've got Gio Domenico on this. So that's an issue with the Flash. He's not doing. Yeah, but that just means the arc that the Flash is on at that point will probably be someone Hopefully, else anyway. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, uh, that, that's not. I just you know this whole this whole thing. See, this it, has me more excited because it's like, okay, see, it's me. evil Batman, and I get, you know, because you can critique it through that. Yeah, but at the same time, now we're talking about a, an inverted multiverse, right? Which yeah, just see, completely wrecks the concept of the multiverse. See, that they've I'm, set up. I'm, I'm really hoping what it is is a a critique of how Batman has infected all the rest of the DC universe, because you know these are like, oh, there's a version where 
it's Batman's kind of cross with Wonder Woman. And it'll be like the, the way that Batman has kind of permeated the entire universe to much of Matt's disdain. I, th- I think we, we can talk about this a bit more when we actually talk about the Forge, because I think we have to talk about some yeah. of the stuff that's hinted at in that to really... That's, that's of... why I'm being quiet, too, because I yeah. don't trust myself not to say something. <laughs> that's, that is also fair. That is mm-hmm. a... Hey, it could be worse, Matt. It could be Dark Superman fused with other characters from all these Well, that, that's it. <laughs> it's hard to complain because I'm getting a whole Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, Superman story around the same time. So if that's what I have to sacrifice... Look, can we so doom and gloom? Oh, if this is what I have to say, Matt, come on. You know what I mean? We don't know. Deal with all these. uh, We don't know exactly what the story's doing yet. That's no, but do do we need fusion Batman? Like, do we need it? One shot? No, of course not. But could they be cool? Do we need the one shot? I, 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 no. We probably don't need the one shot. That's why there's fourteen Batman pops to every Superman pop that came out. It's like, do we need it? No, but are people gonna buy it? Probably. Yeah, but so, at least here, most. Uh, oh, okay, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in the cyber one, but most of them, yeah. they've got a team on that I'm interested in. <laughs> yeah, well, it tells me everything I need to know about cyborgs. Well, cyborg. well done, Batman. I mean, robot Batman could be interesting here. Let's not let's not discount right, the concept okay, of robot I'm Batman. Most of them are, are uh, writers and artists that yeah. I associate with those characters because to some let's, degree. Let's be honest. Robin Bot and New Superman has been killing it. And <laughs> Robot Batman's oh. the next step in evolution, quite frankly. Yeah. I just the idea of a, a Batman Doomsday after I had to deal with Super Doom. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the worst one, admittedly. Yeah, yeah. That, that one's all the, just all the kinda... rest are kind of interesting. I'm interested in the Drown just because it seems so different, right? Just the title is a little bit. It- I'm excited you know. about the last one, not not necessarily for the one shot itself, but obviously I'm expecting all these various versions to pop up in the main story you know and i'm expecting these to be like filling out like what were they like on their earth before this kind of idea i'm expecting that's what these are these are and i'm excited about the last one because i think batman seeing this version of himself will be a fascinating beat for the character yeah that's what that's what interests me about it uh yeah, maybe they're milking it a bit with all these one shots, but um, I, I, I just do not. think the Doomsday one, like like the Flash one, is clearly you know as part of the Flash series to some extent, mm-hmm. where you know it's the same team. The Doomsday one, I'm expecting to to be the action comics one because there isn't a crossed with Superman right. in there at all. It's crossed with no, Doomsday because because Superman's all wrapped up with Doomsday Clock. Yeah, that's how I'm taking that. I'm just where we are with King right now, and I know we're going to be on a break with. You know, jokes and riddles. Which I, I think I, that's strategic. I think it's very I, notable. I think so too. That the, the flashback thing that's going to be like eight issues is taking place while all this event stuff's going on. It means they don't, you know, it doesn't have to worry well, about yeah. it. Yeah, finish before the event. No. Because it's eight no. issues from. Yeah, but it's right? two, two a month, so it's four months. So do, do the math. Yeah, we're going to be on yeah. at least two issues. We're going to be middle. in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But I just, it seems like they're different Batman from what we, where we left off with 24 mm. last week. Even, even that's one of my, my big critiques coming up when we get to the Forge. Um, it's just different writers' uh, approach to, to Batman. So, mm-hmm. no, yeah. that's, that's fair. Um, but yes, yeah, so we got all these one shots coming up uh, September through November. 
Uh, I'm certainly intrigued. I, I especially just like the name "The Batman Who Laughs." If I'm honest, I think that's no. It's a, it's a great title. Like that's it's a, very clever. If that was an Elseworlds, like yeah, like I take like three issues of that. Like well, explore that. here's the thing. This is why none of this is remotely bothering me from a concept point of view. This is no different to Crime Syndicate and like. You know, like, I, I get why you like the idea of Dark Superman, but it's not a big deal when it's in another universe, when it's Ultraman who shows up and he's... like, right. a, 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 This is what this is like. It's yeah, just, it, it doesn't ruin your Batman yeah. or your Superman. Uh, and I, I think what we may get from this is like a real examination of the character. Uh, get, I mean, it makes sense that Batman's at the core of this because it is Snyder and Capullo that's, that's doing the whole thing. I, I get why he's at the centre of it. And if, if this is all going to lead to him really analysing his own character and seeing what other versions of him could have been or what he could have became with different circumstances. Um, I, I could see it being a quite a sort of deep journey into his soul, whilst also being this big crisis level event uh, that they seem to be hitting that. So, uh, also, other... I, want, I want to throw out a shout out to the name The Red Death. That's cool. It's not no, Batman cool, Who Laughs, but it's It's not good. as cool, but yeah. it's, 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 it's pretty cool. I tell you which one's terrible is the Devastator. Yeah, that's easily the worst. That yeah. sounds like a ch- that, that literally is a Transformer. <laughs> it is. It actually is. Yeah, um, it's definitely the worst. But yeah, so the other thing that's actually somewhat related uh, is a small crossover called Gotham Resistance, which is taking place in September. It'll be in uh, sorry, Teen Titans number 12 first, and then Nightwing number 29, and then Suicide Squad 26. Uh, all the writers are just the ones that were on the books anyway, so it's just it's, uh, Percy Seeley and then Rob Williams on Suicide Squad. Um, so, but yeah, it's just this thing, and then there's an image out for that as well, and it shows you that it's basically this this hodgepodge of the it's Nightwing with some of the Titans and the Teen Titans, and then a couple of the Suicide Squad members. Um, it's such a such a strange people who's on it because you've got you got Damien riding a thingy, uh, big, yeah, Goliath. big bat, yeah. So you got that, you got Nightwing, you got Black Canary and Green Arrow, Batgirl, and then Harley Quinn and Killer Croc. Every every one of them but Oliver have ties to Gotham though. Like, I, I think do. of if, Yeah, you know, of Prey, Black Canary yeah. makes sense being part of the resistance, even and this is taking part during uh Green Arrow's trip across the country, right? That's post Star City. Yeah, maybe he's in Gotham. Maybe he swings yeah. by Gotham to visit her. Yeah. And Honestly, my, my, my worst, biggest problem with that image that they've put out is Nightwing's blue looks purple. It's like the exact same colour as Bab's it's, outfit. And Canary's. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. just strange. That's I don't, fair. I don't understand. That's fair. I mean, the actual, they are, I mean, take away that colouring, the art's quite... Yeah, yeah, it's nice other than that. I just, that, that really throws me. I like uh, the way that it's composed and it makes that, you know, like, Croc feels right in place in the back. You know? Yeah. And, and Harley doesn't look nearly as annoying. Like, she looks normal compared yeah. to what I've seen her in Suicide Squad, so... The uh, the description, we have a brief description of the crossover. Uh, it's, it's very vague. Obviously, it's tying into what's going on with the metal. It says, The presence of these malevolent characters infects some of DC's deadliest supervillains who are ready to take down Gotham City once and for all. So it sounds like these other Dark Universe things have an effect on some of our regular villains. So this is the this is the team of mostly Batman's allies who band together because presumably Batman's maybe busy dealing with actual metal stuff. So the idea is that Gotham's up for taking. So the, all these allies all sort of take care of it. But just, it sounds fun enough. Uh, I'm down for these characters. Yeah. yeah. I'm more excited for this even though I have to buy an issue of Suicide Squad. Yeah. Like, but... not, not so stoked about that. But 
I like this idea of this team. Yeah. You know, it, it's got a – and then the, having Green Arrow on there too adds a nice little wild card because I want to see how he interacts with Damien and Dick. I, I love that, that Damien's at the front of the image like he's leading the charge. Why wouldn't he be? He's, he's going to think he is him. at the very yeah. least. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's some other exciting stuff though. So it's a very active winter for DC because we've got Metal and then we got Doomsday Clock starting in November. Uh, obviously, Metal's still going on through November, sort of uh, into December and beyond. Uh, also, there's going to be arcs in both Detective and Action that are very Rebirth-related, which are timed... They're both starting in September, uh, and obviously they'll be going for however many issues, so they'll be running at least into the start of Doomsday Clock. Uh, so, in Detective Comics, starting in 965, we have A Lonely Place of Living. Of course, that's a reference to A Lonely Place of Dying, which is a, a classic story featuring Tim Drake. Um, so... It's the storyline you've demanded. Where in the world or otherwise is Tim Drake? Red Robin faces a crossroads, escape the most devious prison ever devised, or find himself abandoned beyond time and space for all eternity. Not much of a choice, right? But when he finds out just who is locked in there with him, Tim's world will change in ways he never imagined. This is one of the biggest stories of the Rebirth era, setting the stage for an explosive Detective Comics epic. So this is going to be the story of Tim getting out of the prison. And someone else who is in there who is yet to be named. Yeah, and we, we all know who Matt's excited for, potentially. There's, there's, only, there's only two options. One one makes the most sense, the other makes less sense, but I would still accept it. What's the one that makes sense? It's Connor Kent. Because why else would Tim... Like, no, from the I, way I, that's read, is it sounds like he wants to escape, but he finds out someone else is in there. So he's not so keen... To escape solo, right? Yeah. Um, the other one, and this tips into one of this week's books, is Impulse, Bart Allen, too. Because he's another one that's been wiped off of history. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and both of them were Tim's friends from, you know, Titans the and only, Young the Justice. The only and, way either of those would work, though, is if Tim actually gets his memories of things mm-hmm. that have been erased because if he doesn't then those will mean nothing to him well i think right. he would because he's outside of time yeah. reality whatever it is mm. so i think that seeing this person would oh, trigger no, the no, memories. you you may be yeah, right yeah. That, but i'm just saying that is the only way it actually works because it says that it shakes his world to the core so he has to remember them if well yeah i think that. that's what it is because he'd see them remember them and then realize they'd forgotten he realized how much mm. has changed we gotta remember he's also almost made it out once before that we've seen with with oz and he was removed because he can piece things together easily, right? So if Wally West was coming back and giving people their their memories, when did they almost go? Right? Huh? When did they almost there was go? that issue at the beginning of I want to say it was Superman Reborn. Yeah, he was go. making a he just he just screamed yeah he it. was he, he, no, he was making a break for it right? No, he wasn't. There was an issue where he was making a break for it and Oz stops him. I don't remember. I remember him screaming that someone yeah. else get out. Yeah, I remember that too. But I don't remember him trying to get out. Yeah, I, I think Matt's making up memories. This is like Connor Kent. He's just making up no, things in his head. No. Yeah, yeah. I think this time he actually might be making something. <laughs> um, yeah, this is 
Fake news, this right here. I don't know. I don't recall this at all. Uh, but while you're looking up that, you try to corroborate your story. Um, the other yeah. thing starting in action comics, starting with 1987, also in September, is called The Oz Effect. The agents of the mysterious Mr. Oz begin to move as the Man of Steel works to stop the chaos they unleash in Metropolis and across the globe. But when Mr. Oz steps out from the shadows, his identity rocks the last son of Krypton to his core. The story that began in DC Universe Rebirth 1... Uh, Universe Rebirth issue one uh, begins to end here. What I think is interesting about that is that Ozymandias wouldn't actually be a big deal to Superman. He wouldn't know who that is. No, no it so would that just be another person. So this implies that it's yeah. someone else, and it's someone that he would recognize. recognize. And remember, which puts us back at square one because I have no idea who that would be. Well, Unless, well, actually, remember... I've got one. Actually, I've got one. Yeah, yeah, but it, it plays into the Forge, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you just got to think too that that Johns created Mr. Oz back when he was writing Superman with Romita Jr. on the art. You know, so this goes far back. This goes back to Johns. It's not so much. I was about Jurgens. I was I was about intersecting. So what the hell are you talking about? You didn't create Ozymandias, but then I was like, oh, he said Mr. Oz. Never mind. (laughs) And I always felt like the Mr. Oz name was always just a misnomer. That it was to set us on that trail. It was always too obvious, wasn't it? Mm. I think we've said that along, but we didn't have any any other reason to assume it was anyone else. Exactly. You know, and and just the manipulation of energy, it's... Well, we'll talk about it once we get to the Forge more openly. Yeah. Yeah, look, I'm still looking. He's trying trying to find it. I am looking. So I remember him making a break for it, unless I dreamed it, because I went to bed reading comics. I think you did, Matt. I, 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 I don't think recall you might have Yeah. Uh, so, we've got a lot of books, so let's, let's get off the news. Obviously, there's some big stuff there, but uh, we should get on to the actual books of the week. All right, well, obviously, first up, we're going to talk about the big book of the week, which was Dark Days, The Forge, Issue 1, Scott Snyder and James Tinian the Fourth, writing uh, with Andy Kubert, Jim Lee, and John Romita Jr. all on art. Uh which is probably my biggest problem with the book, actually, is the art bouncing around, yeah. especially when we got to Rumita Jr. and it got shit. <laughs> like, really well, shit. I, I, no, I don't think it got shit. I think the problem is that it just happens mid-scene. There's no clean breaks as to no. when it's what. I hate it just, his face. It just suddenly changes. I hate his faces, so I'm going with shit. But, yeah. Had, had they done this with, like, chapters, then I don't yeah. think it matters as much. But like Pete just said, it happens mid. Mm. Almost like, he's like, well, can you finish this for me? And he's like, okay, cool. You know? But yeah, that, that's my biggest problem with this, I, I, too. I went from looking at like Hal Jordan talking to Ganthet, and I'm like, oh, this looks quite good, I'm into this. And then like, a couple mm-hmm. of pages later, it's it's Hal and Duke looking at each other, and they both have stupid Romita Jr. faces, and I'm just like, oh, come on. <laughs> come on now. Right, here, here's my first thing about The Forge, right? And Metal. Because the way I'm seeing this, it's really eight issues of Metal. With They've just named the first two different things, so they can... They can basically get away with it not being Capullo who's drawn the whole thing. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Uh, but here's the thing: I, I was kind of expecting this to be kind of a an event, sure, but something that's more contained to its own ideas. And obviously, Doomsday Clock's going to be the big rebirth event. And I, once we found out about Doomsday Clock, I was sort of seeing this as a smaller thing. Um, but upon reading it, I'm like, no, this is leading to a crisis level event. This is this this feels this legitimately feels like the tease to a crisis. Because it's introducing so many big ideas, it's teasing all these other characters we've not seen in a long time, if ever, in Rebirth or New 52. Um, 
it's teasing these big things. It's, it's got all this stuff that's like, oh yeah, this has been seated since the dawn of time. It's setting up these big things. And then we have certain giant-ass devices from Infinite Crisis that made me do a double take. I'm like, wait a minute. What's this? What's he gotten? Did the fortress? Yeah, oh, yeah, he kept that one quiet, didn't he? Oh, it's, 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 it's yeah. the tuning fork. Oh, hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, I did not see that coming. Uh, and Joe, I, mean, I laughed, Matt, because obviously at one point uh, we find out, because you were saying, why aren't the GLA just called the Outsiders? Why are they called the GLA? I don't get this. Yeah. And, then, and this is like, oh no, Batman had the Outsiders the whole goddamn time. Yeah, looking for Nth Metal, which I like because it gives them, it gives them a purpose outside of you know I can't remember what the original like when he first put together the Outsiders what their purpose was away from the Justice League, but here that they're rounding up this metal together because he feels like there's something going on. I really like that, and it was cool seeing Metamorpho, who's a character that you know he's one of those Booster Gold esque minor characters that I've always liked. Uh, yeah, it's cool a, seeing him back in the pages. It's an odd hodgepodge of a team, actually, because you've got Geo Force, mm-hmm. you got Katana, you got Black Lightning. Uh, I think the blonde woman's called Halo, if I'm right. Yeah, I, I don't know much about her, but uh, Halo. Um, so it's, it's, it's an odd, odd team, but uh, I guess that's kind of the point. They're the outsiders, they're the the oddballs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So setting up the whole nth metal thing, we have like, this sort of ongoing kind of narration. That, it keeps coming back to it. it. Starts with it as well from Hawkman. Uh, talking and it's Egypt Hawkman who's been reincarnated yeah. through generations and generations. I th- yeah, it, it's very clear now that Carter death of Hall. Hawkman was just to get rid of that version so we can bring back Hall. Yeah, right. So you have to you have to be clear when you, when you speak because they they did this. You had the alien version which was Qatar Hall, right? K A T A R. Yeah, but the problem H-O-L. is when I say them though, they sound the goddamn same. Exactly, and that's why I'm doing it, but. <laughs> Egypt Hawkman is Carter Hall, yes, like a like a proper, yes, yes, you know, anglicized name. It's not, but then even the Egyptian name sounds like Qatar. It's like, why have they done this? Just pick one and stick with it instead of them alternating between the two. It's like Zoom and Professor Zoom. They'll just try to like make things confusing. Um, Exactly. But basically, his whole thing is he's talking about the mysteries of the nth metal and where it came from because we see like the the nth metal ship arrives and. He's talking about seeing glimpses of, and we actually see like a flash of like another world where there's a giant like evil Batman statue and things, and that's you know so that's on the cover, and the idea that he's he's basically saying no one should look into the metal, it's dangerous, it, no good thing from come come from it, uh, and it's setting up the, just the basically the the epic scale of what we're about to be delving into with the story. Yeah, that's it's, it's, it's kind of what it's doing. So, um, so right away, I, I think. I will say I surprisingly enjoyed this issue a lot. Um, Partly because it feels more like a start of a DC event than it does a Scott Snyder comic. At least a a present-day Scott Snyder comic, where recently I've not been enjoying this stuff It's not like reading a textbook, so that's good. Uh, Maybe it helps that he's got a co-writer on this. We don't know how much work... uh, And and so it's someone that we have enjoyed for the past year. Yep. So that that helps a little bit. Real quick... Not to take away from the forge, but I did find what I was talking about. <laughs> and it was in an issue. It was in the first issue of the Victim Syndicate. He right, okay. he works his way out and tries to escape, and then Oz teleports him back in to his prison. So I know I didn't imagine it. Oh, f- so, you know, fair enough, Matt. I was mocking you. Uh, you win. You win one. 
To be fair, you did tell us Reborn, so we were thinking to that issue. Yeah, I know, but it was around the Just same give time him the win, Connor. Just give him the win. No, that's fine. <laughs> it, but it was around Detective uh, 947, which yeah. is when we first started getting those glimpses of okay. someone escaping in the teases. So, boo on you. Nailed it. Back <laughs> yeah. to the Forge. Yeah, so right away, Batman... It's, it's a lot of setup. obviously. It's teasing all these big things. Right away, Batman's investigating something. He's, 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 you know, he's got Aquaman's help. He's going through volcanoes in his bat armor and all sorts. Um, meanwhile, on... Uh, I was going to say Oa there, but no, it's uh, Mogo. Uh, Ganthet's telling uh, Hal that oh, there's uh, something dangerous afoot on Earth. And we, he sends him to specific coordinates, which turns out to be Wayne Manor. Uh, which gets us to one of our sort of main sort of subplots to the issue where Hal meets Duke and they find this secret entrance in the cave. Uh, Hal sort of opens it with his, uh, with his ring. And it's all the secret outsider stuff that Batman's been doing. It's been part of all this research that he's been looking into all this stuff. Um, and they hear a mysterious voice. Now, if I'm going to make one criticism here, is that Duke thinks it's Alfred at first, and any questions if it's Dick. And I'm like, and when we find out who it is, I'm like, in what world was that going to sound like either of those it's two? Because, it's because Duke doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't even want to be called Lark. Yeah, like, yeah. He was saying he didn't have a name yet. I was yeah. like, wait, didn't didn't we do this? Did didn't hey, we do this? To be fair, if I was Duke, I'd be pretending Lark never existed so, as well. So are we going to start with All-Star Batman? Like, none of that has really played in or mattered. It's all been its own. You know, so like his his backup in there, we're just going to throw all that out. Uh, to be fair, I don't think this negates that because that wasn't about him getting a name. That was just about him learning how to be a sidekick. And to be fair, some of the stuff about his mother is relevant here because uh, the Immortal Men tease yeah. involved that. Yeah, but that that was set up in Snyder's Batman run. Oh, that's, that true. that's true. That's uh, Yeah, that wasn't. I'm just going off of the stuff from All Star that we saw with that first arc with him helping Batman uh, against Two Face, and it just I know Snyder's writing them, but they feel like different characters. So, you know, because here, like we just said, he's just like, oh yeah, I don't even have a name yet. I was like, well, can I, can I tell you how much I enjoyed Hal just like picking up with like big green hand as if he's a little. Yeah. Kids, yeah. like, I did enjoy him kicking Hal in the face though because anytime someone punches or kicks Hal in the face I enjoy it <laughs> so now you know how you feel when someone punches Guy from Pete's perspective yeah exactly I do enjoy and it I, I, I do want to say I think um, why is Batman's info so outdated because uh, you know he, he, Duke says he read about oh, you know the, the ring not working on yellow yeah Shouldn't you know Batman's files have got him up to speed on this? He's been busy with everything else. Maybe maybe, maybe Duke's been not reading them properly, or he's reading old maybe ones. He's skim updated. reading, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Maybe Duke's just not a good sidekick. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think it's fair to blame Batman for Duke being a shit student. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, if 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 he read that in in Batman's files, maybe they need updating. You're assuming it's Batman's film. Maybe he read. Maybe he got this from, I don't know, the, the Daily Planet, like an old article from the Daily Planet. Well, or also, something. it's also I just take that as that Snyder writing for everybody else that's not up to date. You know, people that are coming back because they see this. You know, I get that if it hadn't been so long since that was not a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, feel, I feel like it's been a good. Boy, yeah, only yeah. ten years. It's yeah, been like ten years. Probably no. I mean. Yeah. Well, no, because the yellow thing was still part of Rebirth, so... 
Green Lantern uh, Rebirth, not this Rebirth. Green Lantern Rebirth. Yeah. yeah. Well, when, when was that? Because that, that was four. Oh four oh five. Yeah. It was pretty early in that story though. Like, I think that that first arc was dealing with it, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm, it's so, been a while, but yeah. Yeah, so I feel like you, you don't need to catch people up when it's been the status quo for that long. That's that's, that's true. Uh, especially since most people who come back are coming back from before New 52. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so I just want to mention that, that that whole vision of this evil world with the Batman statue, uh, that's actually implied to be a dream because uh, Carter wakes up in a cold sweat after, after at the bottom of that page. Mm-hmm. So I just want to point out, it's like he's having visions of these things that he's, yeah. he mentions that he sees glimpses of this whenever he reincarnates there's, there's like time before he comes back and he has yeah. like these weird like vague memories of these awful things uh from this dark multiverse um so batman goes and sees a couple of characters he see he goes and sees mr terrific uh who who's helping him out with stuff um and they basically and this is well a lot of big teases is, is batman's talking about oh we need the other. What was it? What he says he needs it for again? Any? any... Da, 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 da. I'm going to need him for what comes next. Yeah, he doesn't actually specify. That's oh. why I can't remember. Um, no, but said... he needed stuff in the molecules that he said that he he needed to isolate them. And mm. Now it's ready. Yeah. Uh, so he goes in. And it actually took me a second here. I have to admit because well, it's basically an egg. It's a big egg that's been held in this metal yeah. contraption. Um, and it took me a second to realise what the symbol was. I'm like, this looks familiar. <laughs> what is this? Uh, but of course, it's uh, it's Plastic Man. Um, Which, A, this makes Batman such a jerk. Yeah. yeah out, of, out of context, he's kept a hero in a prison. Well, we don't know why he's in, in there, though. I That's why I just said out of context. Yeah. Because if you look at a panel, he is smiling when he's going up there to it. And it's just like, hey, hey, Michael, look what I did. Huh? <laughs> That's exactly right? what it is. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So, for, for all we you know, maybe, maybe, maybe he asked to be in there for some reason. I mean, and, and to be fair, Terrific knows what he's doing because he says it's time mm. to let him out the box. And then Terrific yeah. smiles and he goes, oh, you're damn right it is. So it's yeah. like. They, they they both knew about this. Yeah, so this is a joint decision that someone that was made at some point. Right. Yeah. Maybe with maybe with their uh, plastics uh, sort of blessing. And then because well, not- we saw we saw his origin in in Forever Evil. And that might not hold up anymore. But John's went out of his way to set that up. Uh, with Yellow Brian and the, the thing gone wrong with Owlman and whatnot. So I thought that's interesting that now we're getting evil versions of Batman down the line. Like, I didn't know that reading this at the time. But it's quite strange. Hmm. Well, not strange. It's pretty cool that we're getting Plastic Man back with evil Batman. Yeah. Um, hmm. uh, the other person uh, Batman goes to see goes to the Fortress. Uh, well, I, well I, I mean, it's worth mentioning, actually, that, that previous scene with Terrific and the Plastic Man took place on the moon base. Yeah. yeah. I love that that's just a thing now. Yeah, which makes me wonder: is this? I assume this is after the current action because I, I know some of the villains in the action are currently using that base themselves. Yeah, I, I like the idea that Batman's going to like. I, I really hope we get a panel of this in some somewhere, whether it's an action, which would probably make the most sense. But the idea of Batman just showing up to his moon base and be like, "What the hell? Who's been here? What's what's all this stuff? Why why is Kill Superman written a hundred times?" It smells. In the <laughs> smells like Kryptonians in here. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so that's, that's a good point. But uh, the other place he goes is the fortress. And he's like, all right, Superman, 
I know I asked you to keep this uh, downstairs in the in the, the fortress basement, but my point I need to get into is like, yeah, but we can't get in there. The, the, the lock, no one on earth can get in that lock. And that's when Mr. Miracle shows up, which is kind of neat because we know we're getting a miniseries with him uh, coming up yep. with, with King. So it's a nice way to sort of like remind us of his existence again just before that happens. Um, and he opens it up and sure enough, inside, Matt, what was your face like when they walked in that room in that full page spread? I had to- I had to double check and I went back three or four times to make sure <laughs> it was there. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you explain so, explain for the people at home who may not be familiar with Infinite Crisis what this is? So in Infinite Crisis, you had these. Uh, it was a fallout from Crisis on Infinite Earth, where these four heroes had went to this limbo dimension, right? It's Alexander Luther, Superman Prime, Superboy Prime at the time, uh, Golden Age Superman, Golden Age Lois. Well, they break out and. Alexander Luther wants to bring back the multiverse and he starts playing everybody. He poses as Lex Luthor, starts manipulating heroes, villains alike. And he ends up amassing all of this technology and building this gigantic golden tower uh, that of course at the end gets destroyed, but he also brings back the multiverse. Uh, But in order to get it to work, you need people from different vibrational frequencies so he started plucking people that should have been in other, you know, Kyle Rayner was supposed to be the Green Lantern of Earth 8. And he had Power Girl, who is the Supergirl of Earth 2, to make it work. So it's like this big, gigantic tuning fork, like, you know, Pete was bringing up a tuning fork earlier. And so this right here uh, in the basement of the Fortress of Solitude is Alexander Luther's gigantic crisis. I call it the crisis tower because, <laughs> you know, what it is is the Crisis Tower. A asked me the question, how big is the Fortress of Solitude that it can have this gigantic, you know, uh, well, tower g- in the basement? The, given they said downstairs, I assume that when they wanted to store this here, Superman just sort of cut out more of the, the floor yeah. to make it fit. <laughs> and it's also confirmation that Infinite Crisis has happened. It, yeah, it is. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. we were talking about Mr. Oz earlier. And, you know, I definitely don't think it's Ozymandias. Uh, now, I'm we said this before with another mystery, and it turned out to be complete bollocks. Yep. But I'm going to say it again. Yep. It's prime time, baby! See, you think it's prime time. I think it's it's Luther time. Oh, I right. Think it's yeah, I, I, Luther. I, I'm more inclined with Luther for this one. Oh, all because right, fine. I'll accept it. You got the whole, he can trans transmutate uh, matter. But the last time we see him, Joker and Lex Luthor kill him. And kind of leave him for dead. But we don't necessarily know if he died, what happened. He's, he's from a different Earth. He has been known to live in a place in between time. And once I saw the Crisis Tower and then have the news about the Tim Drake and, and whatnot going forward. And then the fact that Johns had set Oz up back in Superman. It all just... Now this whole metal event takes place hand in hand everything is like a damn swiss watch everything pieces together I, I and it's part of a bigger yeah. thing and i love that for comics yeah i feel i feel like given what that action solicit said about the identity of oz shaking him to his yep. core it feels it feels like someone related to that seems like yeah. likely yep. unless it ends up being like another complete swerve like with mr Petlick with the last right. mystery but exactly but as long as they explain it i can take the swerve but i just hmm. The fact that we thought Metal was going to be the standalone event that Snyder and Capullo were doing, but now we're getting, you know, uh, Plastic Man and Hawkman, like classic Egypt yeah. 
Hawkman, Hawkman, and Mister Terrific. Yeah, Terrific Hawkman with classic, you know, Dawn of Time, Nth Metal yeah. leads to all this Dark Universe stuff. Uh, uh, the Immortal Men, which is obviously teasing their own book, and the Outsiders right. is already a thing. It, it cutting to Hal Jordan and like Ganthet's telling him, by the way, something's coming, and it's cutting to other right. things, and we'll get to and the end. Of course, end, obviously. it's Ganthet, right? It's yeah. not any of the other Guardians. It's the yeah. one that can't keep his fingers out of Earth. You know, yeah. like well, what I'm getting at though is it legitimately feels like the start. It, it reminds me almost of a countdown to Infinite Crisis. That one, it shot. does. Yeah, it does. And yeah. you know, what, Connor? I was going to say that in that sense, it excites me as to what the next issue is going to be because obviously that's another prelude issue. Yeah, that's the, so. the casting, right? This was the forge. Yeah, but like, like so, so this is you where know, things are built. Do you see events is. often have? Like yeah, a prelude issue, like say we had yeah. down to the guys. It's strange to have two though. If I'm going with the forge and the casting his names, I would mm-hmm. expect this one sets up how we're going to get to Dark Universe, which is the tuning fork. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. maybe yeah. going to be how we get into accessing all this. And it's probably going to yep. be, oh shit, that was a mistake. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, I would imagine maybe I mean, it would be kind of weird to read metal on its own if this is the case, but I imagine the trades will include these two issues, because why wouldn't they? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I would imagine yeah, the cliffhanger at the end of the next issue, and I could be completely wrong, but I would imagine it would be the thing turning on, or maybe the cliffhanger would be seeing yeah. the first evil Batman or something coming through. Yeah, whatever. well, we, we got shades of that already with, with Hawkman's Dream. We got that yeah. big, gigantic Batman Colossus. I've, I've seen know, some people there. speculate in that... Um, the whole time Lincoln March from you know, back in Snyder's run yeah. was mm. actually one of these dark Batman. Yeah. And that, oh, that, that big, would be cool. Uh, that big one there is him. Well, is he was it? he was Thomas Wayne Jr., right? Yeah. That's also the name of Owlman. And then yeah. Snyder made him an owl. Like, it all went hand in hand. And then Which, Johns brings hey, in to, the, to, the just, crime just, syndicate. Just to back up this, this whole theory here, Court of Owls yeah. are brought up in this issue. We're reminded yeah. of their existence. Yeah. Uh, it's in the, the uh, Batman secret research cave. Yeah, I, so, I wouldn't put it past Snyder to have been playing the long game like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and don't and don't forget too that his whole entire arc is what makes Batman Batman. And you you had Lincoln March kind of set up as this, you know, he was Bruce Wayne esque but not quite. Um, but if he was from this alternate Earth that had gotten here, you know, then that means all his memories of being lost and whatnot aren't false. You know, it's not like the court tricked him yeah. into believing well, all that. That's really where he came from. So, yeah, it's... Hmm. Could be interesting. It's quite it's quite something. Again, I can't get over that we all thought this was just a standalone. But upon reading this... This, this is the crazy it, thing. This feels just as important as Doomsday Clock is going to be. Just in a yeah. completely different way. Yeah, this one's just more Batman-focused, that one's more Superman-focused, but they're both very much full DC events. with Because the, fa- the fact that we're cutting to Hal Jordan and Ganthet and then we're yeah. having Terrific and we're cutting between all these different things. That's that's what we also got with Terrific, is he's a Justice Society member, right? Like, he yeah. kind of has no context outside, like, of the Justice Society. Well, well Batman, that, I mean, it, Batman it's even, very clear this is the New 52 version of him, though, where he went to Earth 2. Yeah, because Batman even says, you, you've not told anyone on either Earth, have you? Cause it, so they're clearly saying that he's traveling between Earths, that he has ties on both. Right, but so then he does have ties to the Justice Society, because that's what Earth 2 was. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's, what, that's, that's, all, that's all we had of Earth 2 in New 52, was, a, was, the, Earth, exactly. was the, the Earth 2 book, which is the JSA. So. Right, so... Again, it's just playing into all the stuff that we already know from different, like, from what it was before the New 52. Like, mm. 
I actually, just... I, I really wonder if the reason why Doomsday Clock gets going is because something from Metal kickstarts it. Yeah, yeah, like, it could do. Um, well, it would be if if Manhattan is pulling all the strings and he, it's kind of like a big experiment for him. And you have Batman running his own program. Yeah, that would probably upset him. You know, because you even, really can't control Bruce. Or even if it was just a simple case of turning on the the tuning fork, just yeah, ignite something. Mean. Yeah, yeah. He, that's uh, out of his control. He thinks it has all. It's all, and so then he goes to make his big move, and Superman's the only one that can stop him because Batman's occupied with. You know X, Y, and Z, because it is it is strange that Superman is in this one, but doesn't seem to be that focused in metal. Well, let's say know? he's on he's on the cover for the first issue, but he hasn't got right. a one shot. Right. No. Strange. To be fair though, the one shots yeah. are more like if if it's exactly what we think they're going well, to they're... be. Yeah, but to me it's that's like still strange not thing. to do a Superman one. Like why why wouldn't they? Well, no, because it would make sense. Like you would. So if if you're merging them together, and that's how you get. If you merge Superman and Batman together, you just get a better hero. But if you merge Superman, or if you use Batman and Doomsday together, that's kind of the villainous Superman, right? Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. So yeah. that could be the Superman representation, and I'm just if Superman is dealing with Manhattan. Right, like we assume he's going to in Doomsday Clock. I mean, it, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it, they're supposed to align at the same time. Maybe they will. Maybe that'll be the fun yeah. thing: is that metal does affect yeah. that, and then that separates Superman right. from the story. I still think Superman's going right. to be about in this story. Like, I, st- I think he's going to be there with the League. He's fighting whatever. Um, it, it just won't be like a, a core story focus. Just kind of like how so it, it seems like Hal's going to be relatively like a major character where we're following him in a right. plotline. Uh, and maybe some of these other characters were brought up. Whereas, you know, Flash and Superman and Wonder Woman will be there when there's, like, you know, big team fighting scenes, but they won't necessarily have their own subplots going on. It makes me wonder why Snyder picked Hal. You know, I thought it just mm. being a Green Lantern. I mean, he is the, the Lantern with no fear. Like, that is his gimmick. You know, and, I mean, well, and well, what we see keep in what mind, he encounters. Hal and Bruce didn't typically always like each other. There was always a no. bit of heat there. And I wonder Not if they... even typically. They just get along because they're on the same team. Like, you know, if, if there's a surprise party Alfred's putting together, you know, he's not calling Hal. Like, you Probably. know, no, no, no. he definitely calls Hal just so that he can wind up Bruce. Possibly. The, I point, don't think so. the point I'm making, though, is that I feel like maybe the decision there is that when all these evil versions of Batman show up, it's maybe actually a bit more interesting that Hal's there to go. Yep, this is basically what I think of you every time I see you, or something like that. Set him right? up, set him up to knock him down. Kind of thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm just speculating. I mean, maybe there's another reason. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe Green Lantern mythos plays a core role in some of this, and that's why we have a Green Lantern at the core of it uh, as yeah. one of the main characters. I don't know, yeah. but uh, very interesting. So obviously, we have that. We have the fact that. Uh, Hawkman, he's, he's sort of looking at different artifacts and he talks about how the world started with three tribes and then he sees like a, a fourth symbol. It's the bat symbol. He's like, and he corrects himself and says, no, maybe four. And I wonder I'm if, interested in what the other three represent. Yeah. Uh, one was a bird, one was... I a, think a, uh, a bear, maybe? Yeah, uh, was it like a bear and a wolf. I'm close, I'm close to it, huh? Which, uh, which that got me excited. Yeah, it's a bear, a yeah. wolf, a bird, and then the bat, well, which... That kind of ties into Morrison's whole thing with the Return of Bruce Wayne. It could be that. Although, although, if I'm going to speculate about here, I'm wondering if maybe some of these artifacts come from other 
universes. They come from like dark multiverse worlds, perhaps. You're telling me there's a bear man that's like Batman, but he's inspired <laughs> by a bear? I'm in. Well, what, what I was thinking... What, I don't know. Or maybe these, these somehow represent all uh, multiverses and Batman's a force on all of them, but obviously they're all different kinds of Batman. Yeah. I don't know. But then again, maybe it's just, just tying into the whole, you know, Return of Bruce Wayne, Grant Morrison, Timey Wimey, bollocks. That's what I did because he, him going back in time kind of inspired the, the native people of Gotham to take the bat as their symbol, hmm. which then in turn creates a time loop where the bats are under Wayne Manor because the, the tribe have kept them there and like took care of them because they're their symbol. And then that's what leads him to take the symbol of the bat. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Destiny. All that. Yeah, nonsense. and all that jazz. But that's a, such a great thing, too, because you see all the different Hawkman helmets. Yeah. Like there's there, a there was versions. a Dr. Fate helmet in Batman's stash. Yeah. There was. Don't think I didn't notice that. Uh, so these are the, yeah, so it's, it's all these separate things kind of setting up the idea that Batman's aware something's going on with the nth metal, and he's mm. he's they're looking at like readings from the planet, and like things are starting to go weird, and that's why he's he's going to plastic man, and why he's talking to terrific. Uh, but obviously, to go back to the the Duke and Green Lantern stuff, where they eventually find out who's talking, and it's the Joker. Batman's got the Joker in a cell oh. inside his secret cave. <laughs> I was going to call it a secret man cave. There, this is a weird thing to call it. It's inside <laughs> the Bat Cave. Um, and it seems to be the Joker from Snyder's Run. It is. He references one. the Dionysium as well. Yeah. 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 And he's, he's that was the that... thing we, we missed was that the metals, like the Electrum from the, the Owls, right? Yeah. And then the Dionysium. And and it, they're all derivatives of Nth Metal. Which is an interesting revelation, actually. Right. It is. Right. But I'm... yeah, so... And he's scrolling... What looks like the values of pi. Yeah, that's what I was the... thinking it was, but because I don't know what else it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never jumped to that just because it's just a lot of random number. I mean, it could be. I mean, I, I, I don't know pi to the uh, however many digits that is. I don't either, but Reddit <laughs> did and oh, someone right, okay. picked the numbers, <laughs> and and they yeah, which would make a big thing like it just makes a big circle oh yeah the, the idea yeah. that things are circular and all that kind of thing and this is instead of saying twitter that this is this is not to do with the three jokers plot that's something that jeff johns will be doing <laughs> uh later oh for of the sake course. of <laughs> uh, no, nothing i'm upset by that but you think that's where it was going so that's where joker's been this whole time through rebirth is locked in the bat cave like scrawling numbers. Well, fair. To be fair, we're not really seeing him all, all on Harley, which is kind of just on its own. Yeah, it wasn't really him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. was it not? No. All right. Okay. Update. There was a plot twist in Harley Quinn. That but wasn't that mean, Do they have? Because it seems like he could get out at any time. Because there wasn't really a a cell. He was just like. Uh, well, put in the back. Well, the actual entrance to this whole area they went into needed to be like trick opened. So I, I guess that's the the. Yeah, but he cell. does kind of have yeah. free reign in there. Yeah. Hmm. So it almost reason. makes you wonder if they have, because of the Dionysium, they have this uneasy alliance. Because that's the last time we've seen. It's really the last time we've seen Joker, right? It is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless you count that person who may have been Joker without the the white and green, you know, from the the, the end of the super heavy stuff. 
Remember he had that meeting. Bruce Wayne didn't uh, yeah. before he had his memory back. He sat down well, on the bench. I think this is this is saying that that it wasn't him. Yeah, I mean to be yeah to be fair, that, that's a lot. That's what that's going to be think, saying. I think at that point it was a fair enough assumption. It could have gone either way, but I think this saying no, this is where the Joker's been yeah. is saying that that wasn't the Joker. It was just a, a representation to, of what could have. Honestly, been. to be fair. I'm I'm surprised Batman's not had this idea earlier. Like he keeps breaking at Arkham. You know what? Just make a cell yourself and just put him in the cave, locked away. Why What's not? going on, Joker? Nothing much, Bruce. All right, see you next week. Like you know, hmm. uh, it's very it's very Hannibal Lecter esque, right? Like he can go just down there and bounce ideas off a of Joker. There's no reason to fight. Kinda. Like, yeah. Um, uh, do you know, it does kind of make me wish that maybe once or twice in Batman over the last year maybe there was just, just a moment in the cave where after a poignant moment maybe Bruce would just look over at the wall where the, where this entrance was and just yeah. sort of have a moment of con- and we could maybe speculate oh what's behind the wall just it would just make this feel a bit more of a CD you know would be really interesting revelation. if we go back and see that there has been glances in uh, there we just maybe. didn't really catch them maybe so that and then this goes to my, my main criticism with Snyder versus King and I know they're different writers, and I know they approach Batman differently. This feels like it's going in a different universe than the stuff that we just got with with King. You know, with the whole I Am trilogy of stories. Yeah, it feels, and it feels like rooftops. A, a different point. I I, I agree. I, I think it's a bit later when Bruce is a bit more sure of himself again. I I could see it being that. But I don't know because that then goes back to a loop of Snyder's Batman. Like it's just. And I know logically it's just their different takes on the character, but continuity-wise, I feel like he's like rubber banding back and forth between these mindsets. Yeah, know? yeah, that happens a lot when you have these shared universes. No, I know, but again, it's not a big thing, and it's the only my my only problem because I mean, come on, I got the Crisis Tower in here. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's like, sort of, I said at the start, I like this a lot because it did feel like a big DC event. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm actually. I wasn't super feeling this metal stuff before because I've not been a big fan of what Snyder's been doing recently and it could still go down a path that I don't like. But after this, I'm a lot more optimistic and I'm a lot more excited about mm-hmm. it. Matt, did you did you enjoy The Forge? Are you... Cause, no, I did. Great. Cause this is because we were talking about the one-shots. You were, you were feeling a little bit more negative. Well, that's... Again, I didn't want to say anything in the one-shots that would yeah, that's, that's spoil fair. stuff in The Forge. You know, I just... I still... Not a big fan of the the whole metal thing being around a multiverse of dark like the whole thing that was called Dark Knights, hmm. right? That's a little bit more literal now, you know. Um, I do I do like the the metal title more now. I realize just how nth metal is key to this. I, I, yeah, I do like that it's actually about nth metal. That's the core. Because we whole were thing. when we got to that, we were like, okay, I guess nth metal is involved because we'd had some hints at yeah. that, but. It's so much more than just involved. It is the whole thing. And well, it, none of this works without the nth metal. Yeah, and tying it into like other things that have actually came from the nth metal as well makes you feel like, oh, this is a big deal. Uh, and it's cool. It's used because nth metal's been around DC for such a long time. Using it as like the core of this thing is actually quite a fun idea. Well, so. it's it's DC's adamantium. You know, you need to upgrade a villain, you give him adamantium. You need to upgrade story stuff in DC, you add nth metal. You know, and and like, metal is better than adamantium. I'm saying it right now. Well, it sounds like a much more of a story thing than that. It's like unobtainium, but not goofy. Hmm. Like it's that nth metal. It's like it's vague and it's. It's more it's more know. mystery with it though, which is why why I think it's yeah. it's always had a bit of well, mystery. Well, that's to it. it. 
adamantium, you're just like, oh, it's just a strong substance. Whereas Entamel, yeah. there's something there. And there's Marvel, something wrong hey, here. Whether Marvel, it's energy Marvel or have, magic or... Marvel have two of those, by the way. It's not just adamantium. They've got vibranium as well. So, Well, vibranium and Entamel are, are kind of related because they came around around the same time. You know, they have a lot of the same properties. Not, not to tip my nerd hand too much. Shove off. Entamel is better. But... But vibranium was there before. But adamantium is a derivative of vibranium. So we don't have that yet with nth metal, which makes it less cool. Which makes adamantium less cool than nth metal. Because nth metal is just... Nth metal stood the, ta- stood the test of time. It hasn't, it hasn't just, needed I just to want to make cheap pot shots at Marvel and Matt keeps giving me stupid answers with logic. Shut up. Wait, wait. <laughs> you, you want to go into Uru? Because I can give you a treatise on, on Uru. <sighs> That's the Asgardian metal, if in case you guys don't know. Alright, I think we should move on. We talked about the Forge for about half an hour. Uh, let's get, we've got a lot of books to get through, so we, yep. we shall move on. But needless to say, we, we, we've we enjoyed the Forge as a one-shot and are excited about all the mm-hmm. potential things happening. Anyway, so let's move on to Detective Comics 958, James Tenney and the Fourth, uh, rating Alvaro Martinez on art, and... This was um, this was the start of the Azrael plot. Uh, well, but some left over. It's, it's starting to feel more like an ongoing story in the overall sense. Where Bruce is off, going to he's following up on what happened at the end of the last arc. He he's going. Oh, we need to deal with magic. I'm going to go see someone about magic. And obviously, we'd heard about Zatanna popping in, uh, so we kind of knew that's where he was. Going. I, I saw a smell when I realised what he was doing. Because yeah. yeah. he goes to the Iceberg Lounge and he's like, "Oh, I'm here to see. Uh, oh, she's performing here tonight. I, I need to uh, see, this, see the show. Her. It's, yeah. it's really vague, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then oh, Penguin's kind of a creep about it too. It's like, yeah, she's pretty great looking, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and Bruce is just kind of. I like that whole idea that Bruce shows up to the Iceberg Lounge and there's Bruce Wayne to get in in the secret gambling section, and there's killer moths there. Yeah. I love the killer moths there, just being shit. Yeah, exactly. He has no other purpose but to get crapped on by everybody. Because yeah. even in that that gamma, I don't. It wasn't cards, was it? It was. Uh... I feel like they were playing something else. But um, but yeah, everyone just crapping on him there too. Like the the not Shug Knight character. <laughs> yeah. You know. Is is crapping on him and. Uh, who else is there? No, they were playing poker, Matt. Oh, well, they playing poker? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I read this very early on Wednesday morning. So, um... Excuses, but... excuses. Um, excuses. Honestly, so, what I liked about this is that we had some downtime with the team. Like, well, Bruce is off. Obviously, the plot gets going because we introduced this idea. This other character shows up that leads into the idea that the uh, the Order of St. Dumas have turned on this new armor. Uh, what was the name? Uh, Ascalon is the name of this new armor, yeah. and it's killed all of the, the order. Like they're all dead. Uh, so it's, right. set, it's setting up how e- how serious a threat this thing is. This guy in this suit. It's it's the perfect yeah. It's it's the perfect knight because it doesn't have compassion. Yeah. You know, and and we get a little bit of Jean Paul's origin here about how he was kind of genetically engineered from his dad, um, who already was a knight in the order. And you know, kind of had a rough upbringing. Yeah, you know? and he he he, yeah. he kind of broke free from this because he he said that oh they wanted him him to feel free so they could then break his ego by bringing him back in and like doing and all they, this stuff uh, again to him they again. They tied it back in with a uh, mother from 
the what was the weekly mm-hmm. series called? Eternal. Eternal. Was, yeah. Was, 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 yeah, the the Batman and Robin Eternal. Because that was all. Okay. That was. Um, I don't think any of you guys read that, did you? No. Uh-uh. No, that was all to do with that. Um, it's it's who raised Cass as well, and it was oh, right, this whole okay. thing where she she basically took children and turned them into like fighters, assassins. She just completely <laughs> broke them. Oh, Matt, uh, makes going. Completely broke them emotionally and left them stunted. But yeah, no, I mean, so them because she, she like calls it. She says she, she gets who he's talking about. Uh, yeah. And that goes on, uh, but no. Some of my favorite stuff in this was actually the downtime because uh, Kate goes to meet Asriel and uh, Luke at a basketball game, and they just have some banter. They talk about Kate, like uh, fancying one of the someone who else is in the crowd, some other famous person. Uh, my favorite moment though of the issue is Clayface and Cass rehearsing lines for uh, one of his auditions. So good. Yeah, I mean, oh, Matt's, Matt's uh, muted himself. <laughs> It <laughs> just makes say something. I, I love that they're doing the, the Tempest because obviously it really works thematically for both of them as well. Yeah, uh, I just I like that you obviously she doesn't speak a lot. That's part of her character, but because she's saying lines, she's actually saying like these big, you know, miss big. Yeah, she, she's just almost. memorized it. She's yeah. not ad. She doesn't really necessarily get it. Or, or but is my mic working again? Yeah, you're back. You good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just want to mention that it was Shakespeare, and it, and it took me for a second who this guy was. And do you know what the funny thing was? Like, is obviously it cuts to them, and he's like he's he's clay faced into like the character mm-hmm. with the big beard yeah. and all that. And there was this moment just after, like I sort of like, wait, who's this dude? And then when they started speaking all Shakespeare's, because like, oh, I get it, it's clay faced, they're doing lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as that, I sort of stopped paying attention as much to what they were saying, and I was just enjoying, uh, namely the facial expressions. Uh, more than anything else, but the way Clayface holds her up, like in happiness after, and she's all happy that she, she, she did a good job for him. I don't know. It was just it was sweet. That's this yeah. just. Oh, I'm I'm loving I'm loving the uh, the team dynamics of this book. I'm gonna have the whole time, but this is just this was because it was the start of the arc and the the, the serious threat hadn't entered the, the plot yet for another couple of pages. We got a few that was just them in the downtime doing normal things, and I always like that in a team book. I think I think it helps mm-hmm. with the bonding and all the other stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. So, uh, yeah. So it sets up. Uh, we set up the the plot of the the Ascalon and all that stuff, and uh, that that's and obviously that bleeds into the other plot because he's coming to Gotham looking for Azrael. He comes into the Iceberg Lounge, which is how it sort of interferes with the the Brusader things. He comes smashing through yeah. the wall, uh, and oh shit! This is this is a big bad guy, and that's when we get our final big cliffhanger, where Zatanna enters the scene to help out. Uh, and I loved it to be continued as written backwards. Uh, nice yep. touch. Yeah, it was uh, when she was saying the the get heavy. I noticed how much uh-huh. Zatanna's backward speech looks like Welsh, which is a stupid made up language anyway. <laughs> but the fact that it, the, the fact that this just looks like it is like yeah, yeah Welsh is even more stupid now. You're you're not the first person I've heard say that. So it's well the, the Zatanna backwards language, but it, Welsh being a stupid made up language, I hear. Yeah, Klingon has more prestige than Welsh. It's probably it's probably easier to speak as well. <laughs> I believe James said that it's a it's a language that they only speak when there's non-speakers around yeah. to make it seem it, like it's a real language. It's like speaking code so that no one else can understand yeah. them. That's all it's, it is. It's, it's a stupid country. They've got to put English and Welsh on all the road signs. <laughs> it's kind of like in in Canada and, and the French parts. Everything's in French. Yeah, too. well, French is pretty stupid too. <laughs> 
Oh, Connor. I want to See, apologize. It's not, it's not on the same level as well. I, I want to wrong. apologize for any French people watching, just in case Connor is upset you. That, um, that is not the views as, as I, a, I, I, of I love Mel- the Welsh that he's the French, upset. Not to the Welsh. I don't, I don't care if he's upset the Welsh, but if you've upset <laughs> any French people, I want to apologize. That These are not the views and opinions of Melfuzz TV uh. Corporation as a whole. Just want to make that clear. It's just him and his ginger views on his own. Mm-hmm. If you're yeah. Welsh, on the other hand, whatever, you, you suck know. it up. Yeah, well, that, that is the views <laughs> of Melfuzz TV. You know what you did. <laughs> uh, but hey, I just want him to know. I look down and ginger people more than I do you. Just, just for the record. Just for the record. I mean, you may say some stupid things with the, with your your language, but you don't look stupid like he does. Well, just Tia Bex is a tanner. I'm <laughs> glad she's back in the fishnets with the top hat. Like yeah. the, the new Fifty Two version was oh, fine. Yeah. How she was kind of all she looks like a tanner. Yeah, but but here it's. She's proper again. And yeah. I uh, my favourite bit of art of the book actually is probably when uh, Asriel's finding out about Ascalon and we get that page where he's like Ascalon standing and all the de- around all the dead bodies and it's like the sort of the the sort of harsh light that's hitting them from the the big sort of cathedral yeah. windows. I think that looks quite yeah. cool. That's probably my favourite. Yeah, that's been. Yeah. Favorite I was like, that in order to defeat this new AI, they need magic. Yeah, that's a great concept. Yeah, because maybe maybe it can't quite. Like comp- yeah, you know, AI. Like it's like, oh, it can do oh, well it's against programmed everything. Programmed to what what it can yeah. logically expect, but not necessarily. But, but not just that. It's a big like religious zealotry AI on top of it, you know. So, yeah. And and add magic there, too. Like this is a. Yeah, magic is almost divine intervention at that point. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's an interesting mix. It's a technology meeting magic, and that, that that's usually fun. Uh, but no, I thought it was a fun start to the arc. Uh, so, cool stuff. Uh, that'll take us on to Action Comics 981, Dan Jurgens writing uh, Jack Herbert on art. Uh, this is the next part of this uh, Revenge Squad plot. We start off uh, in the sort of the Black Void part of the, the Belle Reeve prison. Superman's still kind of like clawing his way out of that. and uh, Basically, he doesn't even get out of it himself. It, it's turned off. Waller kind of turns it off and is like, yeah. hey... Uh, these dudes have already taken Zod, and then of course Superman's like, "Wait, you had Zod here? What's going on?" Uh, and he, he flies off looking after. Him. I, I mean, I thought this issue was okay. It was a little bit underwhelming, just in the sense that Superman flies after him, and he he ends up fighting Zod, Eradicator, and Cyborg Superman all at one time. And it that's... was feeling off the entire issue. Yeah. Right. Because. I feel like Superman taking on those three on his own in one big fight should be the most exciting thing ever, and it was just kind of. Fine. Right, but yeah. but then you get to the last page, and it all pulled it together for me. Yeah. Well, so not all of it. I mean, because he couldn't have been blind the whole time. I, I, I think, think he was. He was. I think if, it was if from you, the black vault. Yeah, yeah. Because if you go back to when he first gets out of it, and uh, mm-hmm. you know he's complaining about how everything's so loud. Loud. Yep. Because his his other senses are heightened, and those panels are actually completely black. It, you just yep. have the wave the waveform. Uh, I'm getting to it. I don't know if I agree with this. <laughs> I think that's why that's why well, everything's there. so loud for him. It's because yeah, he's so... he's blind and his his other senses are compensating. And that's how he kind of knows where they are because as I'm reading this, I'm like, like Superman should be able to just deal with these guys in the way that he knows how. Like, yeah, there's three Kryptonian level strength, but he's Superman. Like, this is what he does. 
I don't. Um, I, I just. Yeah. I'm, look, I'm looking at the. I, I see what you say about that panel where he's first getting up out of the the vault, mm-hmm. but the the next page where he's looking over at Waller and stuff. There's nothing about that that says to me. Well, I mean, that's that's when he's, he's hearing the heartbeats. The same as because when he's talking about Zod, he's like, I need to I need to hear him. And he's like, he's, yep. he's he can't look around. He's like, I need to know but where he do, is. How does he not notice he's blind? I think he does notice. He's just he notices. He's, he's, he's just he's Superman, isn't he? He, he has yeah. to get on with it because he's like, I've got stuff to do. I can't yep. leave this. Exactly. And so when you get to that page and it, the reveal that he's blind, you know, I I, 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 I go back and, I, and honestly enjoy it more. If, yeah. if he's meant to be blind that whole time, I'm calling this a cheap twist. I don't think it is. I because th- no. I think when um, when he's saying he, he wants to turn it off, he's he's literally got his eyes shut and he's like he's he's focusing, and then he and then he doesn't turn to Waller till after he's composed himself. So mm-hmm. I think it's he's, he's figuring out where she stood, and then he looks at her, and then he leaves straight away because he's just like ah. he says, yeah, look, I have to go before Waller realizes what happens. He doesn't want her to know that that he's blind. He's, blind. he's getting out of there before she realizes he's weak. I see no, I see these these things here what you're saying. I just it doesn't feel quite it's, it's right. It's why he to says me. he says I have to find Zod somehow because he can't just yep. go and look for him. All of it adds up for me. me honestly honestly I see what you're saying but it still it doesn't fix the issue for me though. Oh, see, it does for me because it makes the fight instead of this thing that just feels lackluster I go Oh, he's trying his best while he's compromised, and it makes it so much more interesting. Well, that, that's, that's not the that other thing I have the issue with, though. I, I have I have a problem with the other stuff with the villains. Okay, that's obviously that's a different complaint altogether. Um, honestly, something something just feels a little bit off. But the way they're talking to each other, the, the way Zod kind of seems. I like the Zod kind of because, like, wait a minute, I'm bigger than all you fools. Like, uh, the only way we're going to work together if you answer to me, right? I, I like I kind of like that, but he seems to sort of let them get away with. Because at one point, uh, Eradicator or Cyborg Superman suggests something. It's like, are you ordering me, Phil? Like, no, I'm, I'm just suggesting that, you know, a, a military strategist. Like, it just seems to kind of give in a bit too easy in some ways. It's, it's, I feel like I they're, only, they're only using Zod to get to the Phantom Zone. And I feel like once they get the Phantom Zone, they're, they don't have no need for Zod. They just they don't even really need his army. They just need the Phantom Zone. Yeah, I think from Zod's perspective, he's like I say, he's he's a military strategist. He's like, you know what, this isn't worth the effort. Uh, he yeah. he wants to take out Superman more than he does these, so he's, he'll, he'll let it slide for uh, now. I don't know. I just I don't think this is a bad issue by any means. I think everything kind of works. I just it it just wasn't uh, hit, hitting I the see, nose for me. I wasn't really enjoying it until because it just it seemed very sloppy, and then the blind reveal came. Yeah. And that piece that together, so then I was able to go back through it and look at this other stuff with well, and it, focus on the villains. It, it, you know what's I one like... of my favorite points in that, like in being blind the whole time. Uh-huh. It's you know the, the the very first moment where he initiates the fight, he comes flying through. Yeah. You got the double page spread. Look how unfocused his eyes are. He's not looking yeah. at Zod. He's looking dead ahead. No, that, no, that's fair. Here's my problem though: is that him being blind and like sort of working while he's compromised doesn't actually make the fight exciting though my problem with the fight is that because i didn't already know that when i'm I'm reading that it doesn't that's the point because we're getting we're we're getting that he can't do it by himself even if he was at 100 percent. well but this is we're getting but until the reveal we're getting that supergirl is noticing what's going on and then john and even keenan over in uh china so we're gonna get the superman family hold, hold on matt my problem though isn't like 
It doesn't read the first time like something is wrong. To no, me. It, it, no, it no, did, I, though, because it felt, again, it felt off. Like, not off in a bad way. It's just like something's not right here. And then when the reveal happens... I disagree with that, like, though. I think it does feel off in a way yeah. that it's just kind of not... It doesn't feel exciting. Yeah. Like, I, I, this would work... Like, this whole thing would work, certainly, if... Uh, like... If we could tell there was something not quite right and he was struggling and we don't understand why. The, the problem is, though, is I never got it in the fight itself. I was just thinking, oh, he's just struggling against the three of them, but the fight wasn't that exciting. That, that was my main problem. Well, uh, this is it. I'm, I'm kind of in the middle here. I think you're right. I think it did read as something's not right here. This is kind of just not working for me. But once it got to the, the, the reveal, I went back and read it again. Mm -hmm. With that mindset, I really enjoyed it. It, it. I don't think it works that well on a first read, necessarily, but I think it holds up really well after that. Because, again, it's very sloppy, and you keep saying exciting, and I don't need it to be exciting because the stakes are there. Like, he has to stop them from getting to the Phantom Zone. But that's the thing. Right? I don't, he fails. I don't, that's the thing, though, Matt. I don't feel the stakes. It, the, the fight just feels really lukewarm, and it doesn't feel like, oh, there's something wrong, and that's why he's losing. I'm not, I'm not concerned with him losing. I'm just concerned with the fact that it doesn't feel like there's enough emotion in the fight. It just it feels very kind of thrown together. Yeah. My favourite part was when it cut to the rest of the, the super family. Uh, mm -hmm. But even that, I don't, I don't even know if I necessarily read that as them noticing he's blind. To me, I just read that well, as... not that he's blind. It's yeah. that he can't... That he needs help. He needs, yeah, he I, needs I get help. that he needs help. Like the idea that he's fighting these three, these three villains. He's never fought these three together. So the whole thing is with these three, right? Not with with Cyborg Superman less because he's human, masquerading as Kryptonian. Um, but but Eradicator and Zod are all about Kryptonian superiority, right? And then you get these other ones that are coming through. You're gonna have Keenan who gets his powers through Superman, and you have John who's half human. Then you have Supergirl, who's, who they're going to look at as a traitor. It's all about Superman inspiring and not, you know what I mean? Like, not, I'm trying to see where I'm going with this. You the, I'm glad you don't know, because I don't the, know. <laughs> so you have the Kryptonian, like, supremacists, right? Like, they're like, oh, Krypton, Krypton, I'm going to release the, the army of from the Phantom Zone, and we're going to take over, right? Because that's what we need to do, because we're bigger and better. But then you have Superman allies who stand directly opposed to that, right? And they're they're based off of Superman's, and they're all inspired in some way by Superman himself as the character, not so much just the power. So I'm liking the the matchup of the villains because you also have Blink that's still there, and I'm trying to think who else was on the the squad. Uh, Mongol and Mongol too. So we also got those guys waiting in the, in the the background for when he's not blind because that's that's gonna i'm sure be fixed by well, yeah i need some sun rays my, and... my ultimate problem though is not so much like you keep you, we were talking about the whole blade thing being blind last year and i get that's why that should theoretically make the fight interesting i just think that the fight on its own reads boringly well, yeah, no, it does at first. That's, that, I do agree it reads boringly until I realized what it was, and then I reread it again, I found it thrilling. Uh, I don't know if I actually agree with that. And even if that's the case, I think that's still a problem. It should still read... It should still be entertained to an extent on the first go-through. Well, that's fair enough. Um, I, I, just, I don't know. I, I feel like there's just... I, just... I don't think it's a bad issue per se. Like I, I think it's fine. I just think a lot of it feels kind of... Look, well, my favourite stuff was probably cutting around the rest of the fam the super family, and them all sort of saying, oh shit, you can't fight this alone. Uh, yeah. The, the tease that we're going to get all those coming in. 
Um, but no, I, I just I don't know. I, I think the fight it just it felt something about it just felt very simple. The idea that he just goes after them it just it felt like there was no build to it, and as a result, I felt like it was just just on a, was... a plotting level, kind of just oh we're fighting already kind of thing. That's not really. I think that's a problem. It's it's oh shit, Zod's out. Quick, better go to that. That's that's build up enough really for me. Well, also I didn't like that there was a a, a tie in to Suicide Squad mm. with you want to see what happened with Cyborg Superman? Well, not really. So, like, I don't know why that was going on. Like, but yeah, other than but I I like the Superman aspect of it. The villains, I like I like what they're plotting. So I feel like they're gonna double cross Zod because he's too he's yeah, too but, strong. But Zod's be. gonna try and double cross them. Of course, because that's what they do. I think actually, see, thinking about it now, actually, I was I remember thinking about this while I was reading the fight. I feel like layouts, like a better sense of layouts, would have actually helped it a lot better. Yeah, maybe. Uh, just just on the, again the sense of making it feel like it's a big fight, like, a, like there's something epic about it. I, 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 like I say, I, I just it feels like a very sort of dull, straightforward couple of punches. I, I, I don't know, like. And and if you want to sell me that he's struggling, like give me more, I don't know, close ups of him, like you know, close ups of his head, maybe try to figure things out or something like that. I don't know. It just it feels like there's no drama in it. I guess is what I'm, what I'm getting at. All right. Well, you got to say so. I suppose. We'll... I mean, I mean, we we we've made our Same points on that. Yeah. Yeah. We'd, right, we'd just be going around in circles. Alright, so uh, I guess we'll move on to Wonder Woman number 24. Greg Rucker writing uh, Bilquis Evely on art. Uh, this this was actually kind of weird because this is the epilogue to God Watch, but it actually takes place in present day post the, mm. the truth, which I think is going to be really weird when they decide how to collect this into trades because it really should go with that. It'll just go in whichever one comes out last. Yeah. Because obviously they they choose they they've got to choose which. Well, no, it has to. But no, yeah, it it has to go at the end of the truth, because of it. It's all the. It won't know because the God Watch will come out second trade wise if they go with the, the release schedule the first two set up. But they could swap it over because they're alternating they issues. Have... They could swap it over yeah, if they wanted. Yeah. Um, but it just is. Well, it, it just it has to because it deals directly with the fallout from that, not the fallout from the. I, I think first story. I think the story would read better with. With God Watch first, and then the truth, I think. Uh, but you'd have to put this issue at the but end. Then, of the but then, but this at the yeah. end of the truth, because that's the this is this isn't just the Kappa to God Watch. This is a Kappa to the run as a whole, because yeah. obviously we know twenty five is is setting up going forwards. So this is not just a God Watch epilogue. It's an epilogue to Rucker's running. I still because well, it, it ties in everything that that. He's shown. Yeah, and I still, I still think, to... I still think twenty five is an epilogue to the whole thing as well because it's still Rucker. He's still. Well, like, yeah, yeah. I, I just mean yeah. uh, when he described it originally, he said this was the epilogue, and then twenty five was yeah. looking forward, setting up for what was to come. But, it's but like th- he's setting the table. Yeah, yeah. yeah be, because it's him setting up, though. I feel like it's like it's like he's going to use whatever he's done to sort of lay out where Wonder Woman is now for whoever's taking the reins next. Yeah. Um. Uh, I enjoyed the issue though. It was it was a uh, because it, it falls on immediately after the end of the, the last issue with uh, the yeah. Wonder Woman and Veronica coming back through the tree, um, and the cheetahs sort of lying in wait, uh, sort of listening to them, and then she goes up and tries to go into Themyscira, and she gets rejected. Yeah. The light kind of blows her back, uh, which makes her kind of spiteful. And from there, we we get some stuff with Wonder Woman and Steve where they're, they're with it, and 
I actually was thinking before I got to this page that, oh, they kind of left without looking for Cheetah all that much. And then Etta kind of pulls yeah. them up on it and is like, uh, you didn't just leave your lasso behind. Which is interesting. Is she without her lasso for a while now? Yeah. I and I didn't that. even realize she left it behind, but I oh. guess she did leave it with Ares. Yeah, she left it with Because she kid. tied up tied up the two boys. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so we have we have that. And um, yeah, but basically I think it's all about Cheetah goes to uh, Veronica Kale and attacks her. And this was like horror movie levels of uh, brutality. Like, there's, there's, it's after Wonder oh. Woman shows up to try and because uh, she wants to kill to help her find Cheetah and like uh, bring bring Barbara Ann back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she shows up and she's already like mid attack. And it's when Wonder Woman was there's, there's this big panel of uh, Cheetah just swiping at Veronica's back, and it is like proper brutal. Like Veronica's yeah. screaming mm-hmm. in pain, and there's like blood coming from her back. It's is yeah. proper proper violent. Um, she, she left a mark. That's you know, for sure. I like the art a lot. I will say though, I do prefer Sharp's version of Cheetah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just, just, she's more primal, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. in the in the face, there's like, uh, not that this Cheetah's bad per se. It's, it's still good. It's just uh, the face definitely has a lot more of like a sort of tight bone structure to it, which yeah, it was sticking out to me. I, I will say I actually like how Ivy's style is is certainly different being in present day than it was mm. in the past it's just uh, it's just slightly sharper slightly clearer in general i don't know if that's if that's down to her if that, that might be just a different inca i'm not sure but either way it works for the the time yeah no uh that makes sense and that was kind of tight for me it was it was kind of like an emotional re- uh, resonance because uh wonder woman does beat her and it's a very i actually love there's a great panel of uh she's basically choking her out to knock her out and there's a little panel there of uh, Wonder Woman's face. She's got her eyes shut. She's like, clearly sad that she's doing this to her friend. Yeah. It's a good emotion on her face. Uh, and obviously the final moment of uh, you know, Wonder Woman's like, you know, we, we could have been friends. And she's like, oh, we, we never could be friends. And Wonder Woman's like, yeah, but we could have been. Um, and I know something else. You'll yeah. always be alone because of the way she is now. Uh, yeah. and it's this well, it's not now. Moment. You kind of feel like she was on that path even before her daughter. Yeah. You know, because she, she was, was kind of obsessed with work at that point. Yeah, and and you had the whole Cyberwalker program that, like, granted, she had to put Adriana in there. Yeah. But well, you know. Yeah. Oh, sure. I mean, that was type of that was her personality, but I think her daughter was yeah. the tragic thing that put her over this line that there's no coming back from. And even see her have that moment with Doctor Cyber where she's like, "You're not even a real person. You're just that AI that's based on yeah. my friend." Yeah, it's it's definitely given her layers as a villain, yeah. whereas, you know, before she was just kind of like evil businesswoman that had it out for Wonder Woman, and now there's definitely a personal reason. It's like, well, you really cost me, your presence cost me my daughter totally, and now my daughter's gonna become one of you, you know, and everything I did to get her back, I can never see her again. Uh, yeah, I like that. She's a tragic character, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's also worth mentioning that Cheetah, in her newfound anger, does not want to be turned back into Barbara Ann. In fact, the reason why she says yeah. she's trying to kill Kale is because she's the one person who might be able to put her back. Yep. So, yeah. Um, I, I think that's really interesting. It's, it's embraced the, it. Yeah, I think that's down to the, the rejection from the Thermoscara. Like, mm-hmm. that, that is like, no, she's gone, right, well, if you don't want me to, you know, succeed, I might as well lean into the, the villainy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, she even says that she even calls Kale a villain, like because you had up to this point that Kale didn't think that she was, you know, she yeah. didn't justify the means, but now that that it somehow makes Kale worse because she's manipulated all these events and has nothing to show for it, and she kind of doesn't care. 
you know, she's just she's depressed about it and not angry. Whereas Barbara Ann's like, I did this all to get to Themyscira to help you, and you left me like this. So, um, and is Urs Katanga still part of the curse, or did they of Cheetah, or did they circumvent that by whatever they did? I got the impression it was circumvented. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but so now re- she can kind of be the the cheetah that we had before, where she can just kind of act on her own. Yeah, she's kind of become yeah. become classic cheetah almost through this, which yeah. is again an interesting thing. The idea that the whole thing's been a year one almost for oh, obviously, yeah. obviously it's been like eight years, but like the whole thing's been like the origin of cheetah as yeah. we know her. So because because now going forward we have her, you know, actively making her own decisions and choosing to be yeah. villainous rather than manipulated yeah. by a curse. But she right. is much more like say a Harvey Dent where. There's still a human being in there that could maybe be talked back, yeah. At some points, yeah. yeah. Which was just it makes for an interesting villain, make, make, and it gives Wonder Woman this, this for so. Uh, no, so it'll be curious to see how whoever the new writer ends up being. If, it, if you know, I mean, I could see maybe the part timer becoming the full timer, depending. Should we not have some more info by solicitors? Well, if if the next one's only five issues, when does it start? Starts with twenty six, which is. July, yeah. yeah. So July, August. No, it'll be October solicits. But uh, when do we do those? Next month, September solicits are coming. Mm-hmm. Now, right. next knowing week. that we don't have the same format with the new, do you think that this will go to single shipping? Uh, I hope not, but maybe. I, I'm gonna say if they do, they'll throw in a second Wonder Woman book. I think That's this has I mean. probably sold well enough to justify the double shipping. Yeah, I think yeah, because uh, Wonder Woman does better than say a bunch of the other double shipping books. So I, I don't see why it would, okay. it would do that with yeah. that I first. Just, I was just wondering because it seemed like you know Rucka tailored the story to fit with the double. Yeah, so you're getting almost two books. And uh, unless they yeah, unless they want to keep the format and decide that they may as well make one one of the issues like yeah. Sensation Comics to sort of separate it more but I, I think it'll still be double if I was to put uh, it I'd in. expect it to stay double at least for now um, it's possible when it, when it changes writers it, it you know it drops in numbers a bit because it hasn't got Rooker's name well, attached yeah. yeah it always has that most new changes yeah but if, if it drops significantly it might drop down to single but otherwise I think it's pretty safe for now yeah I, I think you'd see maybe something like Green Lanterns going single before we see Wonder Woman going single yeah well, when I said going single, I just meant like, like Connor had said, maybe they'd slot in another book. With another I, I, I do think that's possible. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I mean, upsides and downsides to that. The the upside is two books. The downside is, yeah, but who did they put on the second book? Maybe we only get one good book out of that, depending if if the second yeah. one ends up being someone. But then again, we could have a, a you know like a, a Batman or a Superman situation where we have two good books that are just doing different things. Yeah. Yeah, but then why can't Wonder Woman have two double shipping books like those? Those do sales. I mean, maybe it, it, it's sell it well enough to justify a, a double well, shipping, but maybe not. I will well say this: to... I went I went to the bookstore last night and they had an entire Wonder Woman section mm. that they were having a hard time keeping stocked because I talked what? to the people. At so that's work, good. At work, we sell uh, some Lego items, uh-huh. and yeah, you know, it's it's a whole range of things. But one of them is the uh, the DC superhero girls Wonder mm. Woman one. Yeah. And in the last, well, you know, like two weeks, that has by far become our best-selling Lego. Yeah, like it's it's you know tripled in sales. I like, I like the idea that Connor's workplace has like a like a chart for each type of item and the Lego well, charts. No, top no, ten no, Lego items just, sold. 
<laughs> it's just we get in the deliveries and we come to know, know what's what's selling well based on what we get in because that that's how our system works so mm. when we're getting in a lot of this all of a sudden it's it's really clear what's happened all right i guess we'll move on then to the flash number 24 which is joshua williamson writing and carmen di giudomenico on art uh continue of course the art that started last issue with reverse flash and full play and um, we started similar to last issue with a little bit of future stuff in this museum with which we know from last issue was the things have changed and like reverse flash is also seen as a hero or whatever and uh it, a little bit of a tease of a negative flash perhaps in the dialogue and the, yeah. the narration yeah uh not much to go on other than that but uh so yeah basically like as much as i said in the wonder woman that uh cheetah got really violent equally so uh, reverse flash uh, snapping Wally's legs repeatedly. It's like, oh, they're halfway through healing because you heal super quick. What if it happened if I broke it again? Oh, there's another snap. Yeah. Well, that was that was Shades of Deathstroke at the first Teen Titans that Johns wrote when he, he shattered Bart's knee and gave the same kind of thing. Mm. Uh, statement. There was like, well, your quick healing is going to prevent this from healing properly. So... Well, a, a big part of the excitement for us here is that obviously Thawne remembers everything that actually happened. Like, he, he remembers the real DCU, yeah. if you will. Um, and I love that he's like, oh, what kind of Kid Flash are you? And, he, and one of the things he says is, are you the impulsive kind? Impulsive kind? Yeah. yeah. Or the kind trapped in the mentor's shadow, which is Wally West. Like, yeah. even new Wally, you know? Yeah. And that, that's what made me think that, you know, maybe Bart Allen still is in play, because why would... Why would Williamson seed that, you know? Is it, yeah, is, and, is it, un, unless he's being a right dick and he's going, hey, yeah. look, we, we all know this was a thing, but, uh, yeah. you know, not but, anymore. Or is it a reminder? Does it remind the people who know, know about Impulse? Yeah, just, just keep that in mind. Maybe relevant soon. Yeah. Kind of thing. Mm. Um, Timing, that's what I mean. So... But uh, <sighs> that, so he he's brutal. He even like he finds out Iris doesn't know about Barry being the Flash and has these little quips. He's proper evil. I love I love that they're not holding back and just how much of an evil dick Thon is. It's kind of glorious. And ultimately he's like, right, well, it, it takes Iris to the future, to the twenty fifth century, and to to remind or to to sort of, well, he's kind of trying to remind her. We don't actually expect her to be reminded of this, but. He's yeah. like, yeah, I want you to remember the time I killed you. And then he just grabs a random civilian off the street and phases his hand through the guy's head to kill him. It is, like, super evil. It's glorious. I'm loving it. But yeah, for as good as a, of a guy that Barry is, Thawne's the inverse, you know, uh, of, of evil. The re- just say the reverse. Yeah, God damn yeah. why, why would I don't want to say reverse. Because it's not really the reverse. You know, like... It's it's inverted. He's flipped. You guys can't see him doing it with my that. He's the In... alternate Flash. Yeah, but I don't want to say negative either because you know, and I feel like Barry's. That's how he gets the negative Flash stuff. He goes to the future and is going to use it, you know, because he needs an edge to save Iris, and now he's going to be stuck as negative Flash for a couple issues. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, possible. You know, but. I liked I liked the stuff with multiplex, uh, with him and Hal going through, and then yeah. after they defeat him, uh, Hal has set up like a bar, hmm. like he's the bartender. 
that, yeah, covering over everything. That cracked that, me out. That was my one problem with the issue. It's clearly a different artist for that bit. Yeah. So I got to the end and saw that there was a different guy credited on art as well. I was like, yeah, I could see that, and it was really jarring. Yeah, I just, I, the, I did, the image itself made me laugh. I did like how it really contrasted when we had like panels from both scenes happening, and it was like really green stuff because of green lantern and one of the set of the yeah. panels, and then the other one was all red and yellow because of uh, yeah. thorn and all that. Like just the coloring was completely different, and that made it kind of had to give. And ultimately, yeah, I mean, like Hal and Barry's thing with multiplex was just kind of a. It was just kind of a thing happening. It wasn't a big deal. It was mostly just... And they had that talk with Pal. It was basically just, oh, should I tell Iris about who I am? And Barry, who's the last person you should be asking for love advice, uh, basically yeah. suggests. Um, but it, it contrasts nicely because as she's being threatened by his ultimate nemesis, he's he's thinking about her. Uh, but yeah, he, he comes in at the end and like New Wally's just lying on the ground oh, and can torn up. complete pain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as I said, as much as it was annoying at a different artist, I did quite like that that final panel of Hal leaving. Uh, the my favorite panel of that section is um, the it's that same page. It's the top panel of that where it's saying it's the color of fear. Hmm. It's very uh, yeah. Darwin Cook esque. Ah, I can see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. it, it's like the art itself is nice. I just it was really jarring when it just swapped oh, no. to it. Yeah, I, I agree because yeah. it's not even just that. It's the, the rest of the books. Uh... Well, that's not the rest. Once we go to the future, it's back to uh, yeah. Um, but nah, the ending was just proper brutal. Uh, and obviously, he's teasing what actually happened to Iris in the original timeline where she died. I mean, obviously, she came back, um, but she did get yeah. killed by Thon in the original timeline. So, talk, teasing all this, him knowing all this, and using it to threaten people is really fun. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I really, really like uh, that they're not holding back on his just outright evil it's great yeah it's fun oh and there's stakes it feels like oh no he might actually end up killing everyone i mean he won't probably because i'm not expecting deaths but but he could yeah i i can definitely see this playing into the deathstroke story with with wally you know like he was just trying to protect his aunt and Mm. barry wasn't there because he was off doing whatever and so he's going to go with Deathstroke. That's why Deathstroke appeals to him more. Because yeah, Deathstroke gets stuff done. Maybe he's going, Bar- Barry's not training me quick enough. Exactly. I'm going to, I'm going to go to someone else. Yeah. yeah. No, I I concur. Uh, so, no, the good fun stuff. Uh, really, really digging this Colour of Your Arc uh, so far. Um, all right, I think we're actually going to... When we have a lot of books, we sometimes... Uh, enact a, a sort of a time limit on the rest of the books just to keep things sort of in a neat and timely fashion but we're already over 90 minutes at this point uh, yeah. so if the rest of the books from here on out there's going to be a strict five minute time limit on each conversation which typically for a lot of these smaller ones but it's only one or two of us that have read them it kind of works out that way anyway uh, but just in case we start going on like tangents and things it's just to hone it in a little bit uh, so we still have quite a number of books left, actually. The next couple are still ones that all three of us read, but it's just to sort of tighten us up, because we talked a lot about The Forge uh, and so on. So uh, next up, we have Titans number 12, uh, written by Dan Abnett. Art, this, this is soul-crushing. The tease that this issue was, because uh, we obviously normally have Brett Booth, they gave us Kenneth Rockefeller for oh. one issue of Titans, and it is glorious. It is beautiful. Yep. He always is. Oh, I forgot how much I loved his arsenal. Like yeah, that was the one good thing from that new fifty two run. 
of Redhead and the Outlaws mm. yeah. was... Well, well that's art. it. It's so nice to see Rockford not under him. Even the, uh, yeah. the the cover, which is like Omen sort of like cowering down and like all these demonic versions of the Titans coming after her. It's beautiful mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, In- so, yeah, so basically just this issue is that Omen goes to visit uh, Simon, you know, uh, from the previous yep. arc, uh, in prison, and basically all, all the conversations, because they're both psychics, they're both uh, telepaths, the, the, most of the conversation's all in their head, so it's all thought bubbles yep. instead of uh, uh, speech bubbles. Uh, so that's good fun. But basically most of it is him trying to, like, pry into all of her recent memories, and through yep. that we learn all these, these, just these recent, like, sort of things that have happened with the rest of the team, uh, various things with different pairings. Uh, we see that Garth's got a thing for Omen, and Omen and uh, him are getting a little bit flirty. She kisses him, uh, a little bit of you know flirtation with, oh, what am I thinking about now? And she's like, oh wow, uh, and stuff oh, yeah. like that. Uh, meanwhile, Arsenal still kind of like got a thing for Donna, and it's been weird. Unfortunately for him, though, uh, he, a much more appealing ginger steps into the fray. And uh, <laughs> uh, Wally and her end up kissing because they both realise that they both feel kind of out of place because she's just learned that she's not real from the annual. Uh, right. Linda's not really given him the time of day yet, and she feels kind of weird about him. So that's not really a thing yet. Uh, and they have this moment. And as much as I ultimately I think Wally should be with Linda, I'm not opposed to this for a while actually. Dick can't be the only one that's always you know pairing up with another superhero. You know, uh, yes, yeah, he's at fair. Starfire, and he's been with Babs, and and now, uh, what's her name, Sean. So, you know, what what got me is wasn't Abnett setting up Omen and Wally, like early on. When I felt like I don't remember. That don't make me Google that. <laughs> this is more <laughs> made up stuff. Except this time, it's actually made up. He's not going to prove us wrong. Uh, yeah. That's what we said last time, and it turned out to be right. So just remember that. But I remember early on they were trying to set up Omen and, and Wally, and but he was like, "Oh well, you know, it's you're nice," but I, he was really focused on Linda and and stuff. And here, just I, I I don't know how much of this to believe because this is from Omen, right? Like this isn't. We're not getting right. this as it happens. It's kind of no. Memories, we're getting right? her memories. Yeah, I still, I still, I still think it's accurate though. At least enough to yeah. suggest there's something going on. Mainly because I'm pretty sure I saw a preview panel from a future issue that okay. looked like there were. I'd say it was accurate. Yeah. Um, um, do you know what okay. I love? I love that uh, after because Arsenal sees the kiss, which heartbreaks yeah. him, and then the bottom of that page as he's walking away, um, there's an arrow through kind of a rough heart. Uh, yeah. And also, I even like at the bottom of the heart, the, the heart that almost the reflection, if you will, the path is zigzag. Like the lightning bolt, isn't it? Kind of yeah. like flash. Yeah. yeah. So it's just a nice little touch. Uh, by the way, just as I'm looking at this, I love the art. The faces are phenomenal. Man, my God, get Rockefeller on this full time, please. The the only thing I would say is, his Wally looks a little younger than I've come to expect. That's fair. That's fair. Mm. Uh, you need yeah. to adapt though. Yeah. Fair, get get kick Brute Booth off and add him, and he'll oh, please yeah. me through. I'll be fine. Uh, so we we find out why she's there. She's there to try and like get a get find out where the memories of uh, Karen are, uh, Bumblebee. Yeah. Uh, because obviously she can't remember anything, uh, and that sort of progressed a little bit. And basically, she she tricks them and she finds out, and we actually end the issue with a cliffhanger of them basically going to this this lab where where she's found out they are, and we end with Titans together, 
that. Obviously, the big thing, and I've, I've left the big part out here, obviously, because uh, that's the last thing we're going to talk about, is basically he says, yeah, your name's Omen because you're a bad Omen. Like, there's something going to happen. And he puts the idea in her head that one of the team is going to betray them. And now she's worried. And she also sees this vision of the future where uh, the Titans are all lying dead. So the idea that something big's coming and that one of them's going to be going to be a betrayer, going to be a Judas, if you will, to uh, reference Titans history. Well, I mean, they they say yeah. Judas in the the you know the the yeah. next the next what you know the 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 next on you know where where they have the the next at the end oh, of the fair issue. Enough. Yeah. So so they they say Judas in there, so I think it's very intentional. Oh yeah, just, oh, sure. I'm just thinking too. This is part of the mind games that Omen was playing with Simon. Because there's this back and forth the entire time, and Simon's saying that he's so much more powerful. But oh no, but she's she's worried at the end though. Yeah, so yeah. I'm wondering if it's it's her narration. She's concerned. Like as much as she got the upper hand, like the stuff he seemed to show her seemed to have some merit. She, to she it. believes it at least yeah. to some degree. I I do like that when the conversation got serious, they like they, they switched to speech instead of thoughts. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like they're shouting almost like because in your head's kind of quiet to next. It's silent yeah. even. But the idea yeah. that you get loud, you're like, no, I want to be loud. I want to shout it out. Yeah. The other thing I really like is I'm glad that he called it out and saying that their live was like a soap, soap opera. Because yeah. it, it just it was is. this issue. Yeah, because we had, we had uh, Garth and uh, her. Um, and then, then yeah. we had uh, yeah the, the Wally and Donna stuff back to back. And then there was a love triangle because Arsenal's good. Yeah, it was yeah. a total soap opera. Yeah. Uh, so it's self-aware, which is cool. Um, oh, man, that final page. He needs to come back and draw this book full time. My God. It's just, it's just, it annoys me every time we get a guest like this, and then I go, ugh, Booth again next. He, he draws such a fantastic dick, and yeah, take your innuendo if you want it, but I, it, it looks so good. <laughs> it does. It looks so good. All right, uh, I think we're actually a minute ahead of schedule now. That's nice. Uh, that'll take Keep us going. on to Supergirl number 10, Steve Orlando writing Brian Ching on art. Uh, we're in the Phantom Zone, of course. Um, and Zadu uh, sort of enacts his plan. He, he he pretends to be like a ship captain to to them, but he's basically just he captures them. They're all imprisoned because Supergirl's not got her powers. Uh, her yellow sun yeah. powers are all fading because she's in the Phantom Zone, and they basically have to plot and try and get out. Z- uh, Zadu's kind of got his plans. He's got Sai from the uh, from the Batgirl annual, who Very is the well, key yeah. to getting out. She can possibly get open the zone and get back to Earth. Which is why yeah. he wants her, and it's why the team... I mean, obviously they want to save her anyway, because they're heroes, but uh, it's why she's also integral to that part of the plan as well. Um, and, yeah, they eventually break out. There's some fun Batgirl, Supergirl banter, uh, mainly some stuff with... Uh, sort of their, their opposing ideas of how they handle things, where Supergirl sort of dives in head first, punching things. Batgirl, of course, is more of a strategist. Um, and that comes up where Batgirl kind of maybe imparts a couple of lessons on her, uh, and Supergirl maybe learns from that a little bit along the way. Uh, of, of course, by the end of the issue, Supergirl decides to jump in headfirst anyway because sometimes that's the only option. Uh, and now they have to fight a giant dragon. Well, more specifically, yeah. Supergirl has to go inside the giant dragon and try and reach... Because the, the dragon is Sai. Sai's basically... Yeah. Her powers erupted into a giant dragon. Uh, it actually confused me a little bit because it, you turn the page and then all of a sudden it's just a giant dragon and there's rubble everywhere. And then I'm glad the first line of dialogue was... Oh, sh- oh crap, she- she's destroyed the entire building. 
It's yeah, hard. Just, not, my god, she's a dragon. She split this whole city apart. Yeah, it was kind of the weird because I feel like you needed to do that just in the art to make it clear you'd have had to have had more transitional panels of yeah. like her gradually yeah. destroying the building. But uh, it, it worked well enough. Like they, they knew they needed the line, so they put the line in yeah. to cover it. So that, that's fair. I, I, I think that leads to kind of one of one of my criticisms of the issues. Uh, I like Ching a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he's been really good on Supergirl. I'm not sure he handles this. Phantom Zone, otherworldly stuff as well, though. Right. Like when it's set in the real world, you know, the high school stuff. Facial expressions are so great, you know, that, that bit where she winks. Uh, yeah, I, I think. So I th- yeah, I think the but... faces are great. I, I think he draws a really good Batgirl. Um, my favorite panel is probably that double punch panel where it's like both of them. It's like it's like the POV from the villain, and they're both going to punch him, and they're both yeah. smirks in their face. That's pretty good. I see what you're saying though about the uh, the zone it's, and. It's, yeah, that stuff's not working for me here. Um, well, I mean. Not going to be here forever, so I guess that's the comfort I can that's give true. you. But no, I, I, yeah, that was, uh, the story was a little wonky. It felt like I was missing something. I had to go back and check what had happened, how the last issue ended. Because when you had the the boat captain picking them up and stuff, I was like, "We're in the Phantom Zone, right?" Like, yeah, that that, that that felt out of nowhere, but it kind of just worked when it turned yeah. out to just be the villain pretending to be well, help. Yeah, it was just it was way off and. Is the, the Honestly, heavy sci-fi yeah, of it? I, I just like, yeah. I, I think I think my only problem with that is it just it just did kind of feel like this idea of nowhere that there's this ship of people who, on a ship that's made out of the the one type of metal that can exist in the zone. It just it felt like a really weird high concept thing. Um, yeah. But then it quickly just turned out to be a ruse, and then it was like, okay, well, we can get on with the plot now. It's fine. It just it just felt like a, such a weird idea to throw out there out of nowhere. Yeah. Um. But. No, uh, no, I'm enjoying it for the character stuff. They're, they're even uh, doing some more stuff with uh, Supergirl's buddy. What's his name? I'm forgetting. Ben. Ben. Yeah, they're, they're setting up a bit more. We're getting a little bit more of an idea of what he's like and what there, drives There was him. a line where he mentioned being in high school. I was like, oh, is he that young? I thought he was working for Catco full time. Oh, he's an intern. Well, like they were Cara. both part of the interns. Yeah, yeah I just he just he comes across as older. I think it's the way he's drawn. Probably. Uh, it could be. I do like the idea though. Uh, he like. When he brings it up, I'm like, oh yeah, Bob's like the old person here. She, she's like 23 yeah. or something yeah. like that. She's, she's like old compared to them. Yeah. Uh, which uh, pretty funny. Which, but it ties in the whole big sister thing where she's like giving, yeah. giving all this advice. Yeah. Which kind of works. So, um, no, I'm excited to see her. I was, I'm excited to see Supergirl trying to reach. Because like, for her, maybe on the outside it'll be like Batgirl and Ben like, try to like, survive while this is all going on. But I feel like inside the dragon next issue it'll be Supergirl trying to break through to her with uh, her compassion and with her understanding rather than big smashy smashy fight fight maybe yeah. some of that too but I, I feel like that'll be ultimately be what wins the fight is like, getting through to her probably it's usually how it goes with this yeah yeah uh, but no, I dig Supergirl I thought this was another mostly fun. I, I mean I enjoyed the last issue a bit more admittedly because I, I think for I, I never actually blamed the art on it but it probably does tie into what your complaint was in that sometimes because they're not in a real world setting, there's nothing to sort of ground them in what, where they are. And as a result, yeah. it, it feels a bit more kind of just floating in, in space kind of feel. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, there you go. That's super cool. Uh, that'll take us on to Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number 22. Uh, Robert Vendee on writing, Ethan Van Skyver on art. Uh, you two read this, so by all means, take it away. Remember, you've got five minutes. I'll be keeping yep. close track. Yep. Go first, Connor. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm supposed to. Yeah, I forgot that yeah, you yeah, yeah. Well, that. you 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 said that up last week and then Con- didn't. Connor, 
Would you please uh, man the ship for this segment? Thank you. Uh, I will. Uh, so we, we start on the planet Vault, which is basically a big bank vault. That it's it's essentially Switzerland because they, they set up how, you know, they're always neutral, but everyone puts their money there. Right. And and we have like an inside man basically just planting something and, and letting letting these guys come in and you know, breach the vault. Right. Uh, and, and then we cut away to the lanterns and it's like, oh, hey, we better go deal with this. We'll send off uh, like five five teams five pairs, mm-hmm. and everyone else on standby. And then they send Hal to lead it. So they go off and go and fight these. They're proper space pirate raiders. It's it's Bofunga, which is yeah. just a fun name to say. Did he show up early on in Hal and Pals? Because from before I was reading it... I don't remember him. Because in, in you know, pre-Flashpoint, he was a... a a villain of Guy during the mm. Green Lantern Corps before Johns and Tomasi took it over. Um, and he was just a great foil for Guy because he could go on there and just, they could punch it out. Yeah, it makes and sense. Guy would make fun of his name. like a big biker, isn't he? Yeah, but he was bigger. He was like Lobo-esque back, back in the day. So I saw him here and I was kind of excited. Just again, it's a fun name to say, Bullfunga. Yeah. But um, he reminded me of the dude on, on Star Wars. Um the space pirate. What's yeah, his yeah. name? Yeah, you know um, what I'm talking about. Yeah. People who watch Clone Wars know who I'm talking about. Um, Hondo. Hondo. There you go. That's it. But, but yeah, so it, and it, the Green Lanterns and the Sinestro Corps are, are successful, but it almost seems like that was part of the plan because they had stun weapons, these pirates. Uh, yeah. And they didn't seem like they meant actual business. It almost seemed like a distraction. Yeah, it was uh, too easy, wasn't it? Yep, and, but that doesn't stop John from celebrating. So he's kind of just like, yeah, I got the greens and yellows. Like, go yeah, he, he's he's not celebrating over the, the fact that the mission was a success. I think he was celebrating no. the fact that they worked together. Because even, yeah, exactly. like, like, they're still learning. Like, they're going, oh, yeah, you got to protect each other a bit more. But they are yeah. ultimately a team uh, in their pairings. And uh, Tomar, too, seems like he got sick. And yeah, something's going on with him. And so his his party kind of leaves his partner in the lurch, and that leaves them open for criticism from from Hal, um, which Hal goes off by himself all the time. So he's really not one to yeah be given well, I mean, the lecture. To be fair, like John should have. Hal was saying, "Hey, if he's too sick to be on the mission, it's yeah. your job as his partner to say something. You you know you've right. got to look after his welfare in that sense as well as in the field." Right, and so. There's all that going on, and they get Bullfunga in there, and they're talking to him, like, who set him up? And he really won't break, and he's like, well, it was just our job to let this viral thing go there. Um, but you're going to let me go because I have information that you don't want out there. And he reveals that he has proof that a Green Lantern member murdered a Sinestro Corps member. Now, if I remember right, that was Tomar too, right? That A while ago, yeah, I think that did A happen. while ago that he... He did it when they were in like unverified space. Yeah, and... that was that was before this whole mm-hmm. teaming up, though, right? Exactly. So, so it'll be interesting if it counts. But it almost is, is that why is he part of this? You know, did mm-hmm. they set him up beforehand? And uh, yeah, yeah. it was a pretty good issue. You had also Kyle and Sornik. Kyle trying to talk her into coming back to the Greens, but she's like, "No, I'm, I'm a yellow now. Like it's my job to lead them." 
I'm she does kind of keep hold so of the well. ring though because he, he gives her back yeah. her original ring and, and she keeps hold of it and she, she says she'll think about it but, yeah and yeah. and Arkello eating a punching bag because that's that how he fun. attacks yeah. it's fun him and Guy it's partnering up they're, they're, they're a great pairing I need I need an action figure duo of those two yeah and and Van Skype is great as always because of course yeah, when's he not great. to be fair that's what he does yeah yeah, pretty, pretty right. good issue. Yeah, I'm looking forward to what's next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Uh, that'll take us on to Superwoman number 11, Kay Perkins writing and Jose Lewis on art. Uh, just me reading this now. Um, yep. uh, I actually really enjoyed the last issue, and I enjoyed this one quite a bit as well. This is uh, continuing on the idea of the hunt for Skyhook, who's the villain who kidnapped um, Natasha's younger brother. Uh, and we also have their actual father, uh, Clay out like hunting for Skyhook as well. Like he's he's out of prison. He's hunting for them, and that's the whole thing that's going on. Uh, the two main things that really stuck out to me in this issue is we start with a flashback to the night that Zeke was kidnapped, and like uh, Lana and uh, Steel were were babysitting that night, and there's a there's a scene where Lana comes into the room and she's like, and he's, he's, he's Zeke's all worried because he's like, oh, there's monsters in my room, and she's like, oh, there's no such thing as monsters, and even if there is, superheroes will beat them up for you. It's fine. And she lets him go. But as she leaves the room, my, one of my favourite pages of the book is you actually see the closet door sort of hanging open, and it's just all black, but you just see these two yellow eyes. Like, it is proper, like, kind of childhood, creepy kind of monster in the closet. But it looked really, it looked really cool. Mm. Um... So that, that, that sets up all that, and uh, uh, we've still got uh, Atomic Skull working for uh, Maggie Sawyer, uh, and he's, he's got a fun little running joke, because he goes to, he basically finds the, the possible location of Skyhook, uh, which Lana kind of overhears intentionally, because she's trying to figure out where where to go look, but uh, he, he has this fun running joke where he's, he's he wants a gold star. Like, Sawyer gives him gold stars when he does good work. <laughs> and at first it just sounds like he's joking with the, the villain that he's interrogating at the prison. Uh, but when he comes back, he actually turns to her and says, no, no, about that gold star, <laughs> you promised me. Uh, now, I- I'm digging him being a supporting cast member. Same with, uh, same with Sawyer, actually. I- I'm liking uh, yeah. how they've built up some of our main characters. Um, the big thing, though, is that one- once they find out, uh, Natasha gets pissed at her because... Lana tells her that they shouldn't be involved because they're too close to it. Um, and they might do something they regret. Uh, Natasha's quite pissed about this, but uh, Hen- John Henry understands. So Lana goes out on her own to find Skyhook, and they have a bit of a fight. She has her powers and with a suit and all that. And, they fight. and it actually reveals a big, big uh, weakness of her powers uh, in this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, her suit is highly magnetised. And oh, nice. they're fighting near a, a kimono rail, and the monorail that's there works on magnetism. That's how it keeps the train on the track. And she gets pulled down into the into the, the train tracks, and he like she can't get up. Now I do have a criticism about the art here. The art gen typically is quite pleasing. Actually, speaking of the art, I I really like the art of the variant cover. However, Lana does not look like Lana on the cover, so it's, there's a complaint in the sense that it's not consistent with what it should look like. But the actual art, the actual as as, as you know, as the craft of being of drawing something, it looks really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just doesn't look like what it's supposed to. Exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, one of my problems with art here, just in terms of the timing. So she's she, when as soon as she lands in the train tracks, there's like a train that looks like it's like three feet away from her, right? But the next couple of panels still keep playing it as if it's just still coming towards her, and I'm like, how how, how slow is this train moving? 
Uh, it just, I don't yeah. know, it feels like when she first landed, the train should have been like a good, like, you know, off in the distance. You can see it's coming and then build it that way. It felt like it, it was just playing too much of, oh, it's almost there. Just a little bit too much. Um, but Sky Who gets away and she, she thought she could handle this on her own. She she gets to him before the police do. So they may not even see him there because he's already fled because she's shown up. And she didn't bring Steel with her or Natasha. And as a result, uh, she might have screwed this up by thinking she, she can take care of herself. So we end here in this, this awkward place where she's kind of let him get away and, and she's she's lost the fight, uh, which puts us in a dark place. I'm liking this story, though, because it's kind of setting up... A, it, it's Because it's something that's so personal to Natasha and John Henry uh, and her father, and it's set, you know it's, it's building that extended family a little bit. It's, it's something that they care about, so it's giving them some stakes. Whereas before, up until now, it's purely been the Lana show. They've been a supporting cast and they've been fun, mm-hmm. but up until now, it's purely about her motivation, what she's going through. Whereas this is setting up some of them a little bit more, so I'm appreciating that. Uh, but no, no that's that's uh, that's uh, the new Superwoman. All right, that'll take us on to New Superman number twelve. Uh, me and Matt read this. Uh, Jean Lun Yang writing and Billy Tan on mm-hmm. art as the last couple of issues. Uh, this is the next part of the the current arc where we've got this giant kaiju-like turtle, which used to be a guy. <laughs> um, yep. He was discovered at the bottom of the ocean, and he's wreaking havoc. Uh, Delane is familiar with this, and we learn throughout this issue that she is also mythical, like him. Yeah. So I like that it played with the Chinese mythology, just mm. like Wonder Woman plays with Greek mythology. And it's not just you know, by she's kind of just like a carbon copy Batman. Well, yeah, he's this, he's a person who put on a suit and some gadgets. He's he's the Batman. Yeah. Uh, whereas this is she's. You know, she's legit a snake that gained personhood. You yeah, know, like we basically find through this, meditation. Yeah, Baxi tells this story uh, that it's basically a common myth, apparently, uh, about mm. how there there was this this turtle and two snakes, and this well, the white snake and the green snake. The green snake being mm-hmm. being our Wonder Woman here, Chinese Wonder Woman. Uh, and the white woman falls in love with the man, but the green snake also falls in love with the man. They both become human. Um, and then, like she, she defends it, and the the green snake, Delane, uh, as a woman, because they've both become women at this point, right. falls in the ocean, uh, or beats the turtle guy into the ocean, and then they both turn to stone, which is how we find him in the last issue as well. Uh, right. And we it's found we found stone. out that it's actually Doctor, uh, oh, Omen, Mong. Yeah, Doctor Omen. Omen. Yeah, the Ming Ming. That's what I'm thinking of with the the word Mong, <laughs> Ming Ming. Uh, but no, uh, Doctor Roman, she uh, she's found her. She found her in stone, like t- uh, was it like a year ago, two years ago. They said, yeah, it was recent. Uh, so she's she's actually been like in a stone cocoon for decades, possibly centuries. Yep. So uh, that was that was a fun sort of addition to her mythology. Made her feel like a yep. completely different thing. Uh, basically, whilst whilst they're fighting kaiju turtle, uh, she actually turns into the snake uh, against her will. Yep. Uh, basically, the turtle man's kind of kind of enacting this. Yeah, he cut her in half, and she ends up growing like a bottom snake half, which gives away to a full snake, which, yeah. you know. But, but yeah, Keenan and Baishi, they, they, they help her, you know, win the day. Yeah, they're fighting. Obviously, yeah. through all this, because the cliffhanger in the last issue was Superman Zero showing up, and that's a, that's a whole thing. Yeah. They're dealing with him. He, he's more powerful. He's causing chaos. He actually throws the, the giant kaiju turtle into the city. Which that that's when the, all the other heroes, uh, including the the, the Chinese yeah. Flash and all that, they all sort of look at each other and go, uh, "That's not what superheroes do. <laughs> we, yeah. we have to get 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 it out of the city." Uh, so then they all go and try and take care of business. Uh, ultimately, though, 
um, uh, Keenan like actually lets him go. What once he actually gets to him after the main fighting's finished, uh, mm-hmm. he lets him go because he is this lab rat who has been promised different things, and he he, he lets him away, which I, I thought was an interesting bit of development for him. Uh, but of course, when when they go and see uh, Delane, who's like in the lab, and they're trying to figure out what to do with her, uh, Baxi actually reveals what he's found out. He's found out that Keenan's dad's been held in a test tube, like in the lab somewhere. Yep. So he goes to confront Doctor Omen, and we literally end with the Star Wars cliffhanger of because uh, he says, "Was it was it?" He says, uh, "Why did you kill my mother?" or something like that. Right, uh, and, and she like, goes, "No, you idiot! I am your mother." Yeah, it's definitely got like the 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 new Superman spin on it with the no you doofus yeah. I am no imbecile yeah. it was imbecile no you imbecile, imbecile. And I am your no mother. Sort of an I. <laughs> but yeah, it's just I feel now that I feel like Yang's bringing this to a close because we're starting to get the story moving from where he was seeding the stuff out slowly before. Um, feel like he's kind of wrapping it up because even the the stuff with the Superman Zero we see. Clearly now that uh, Master I Ching mm. is is the opposite. So the guy in white who poses Fu Manchu, they are a little yin and yang. Yeah, because he's actually looking like a yin and yang symbol. And then yeah, yeah, and we, we see it, it kind of like sets that up for us. Like they are the good and bad forces of the same coin, if you will. Right, and so the the one that's not I Ching, which we haven't got gotten a name for him yet, have yeah. we? Well, because I think up until he, now, we, uh, we thought it might be him. We thought he was actually secretly right. evil. But this is showing that, no, there's there's two sides. There's two different people. Or maybe it's the same person, right. but he, like, Jekyll and Hyde's almost, where he... Kind of. But, yeah, he, he amps up super, uh, the Prime. Because thinking uh, about prime. it, we don't see I Ching, We don't see I Ching again, though, after... Because after he's looking at the Yin Yang, and then it t- 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 yeah. then we see the white version. We don't see I Ching yeah. again. So it may actually be the same person, right. but he's turned into right. the other version. Yeah, they're just the different expressions, you know, mm. of, of emotions. Well, I mean, that would make sense because Yin Yang's all about balance and balance, balance. oneself, and you yeah. know, being and that's what both. You, that's what he says too. Is like you always need Yin to balance the Yang, and that's where he goes with with Zero, and kind of alters him almost. So I almost feel like he's going to become Keenan's Bizarro, in a way. Uh, you know? Yeah, I can see that. Or even his Zod, maybe more Zod accurate. Yeah. Or something. But, but you know, I, I keep enjoying this book. I'm I'm glad it's that it exists and it's there. It's its own yeah. little... I mean, it's not, I mean, obviously it connects to the main universe because Keenan does show up yeah. and it may be showing up in action. Because it's in stuff. a separate country, it feels like yeah, it's, it's happening elsewhere. It's, well, it's own supporting cast cool. entirely. You know, it's like its own little world where you've got your own set of characters. It's building up its own mythology with this these Chinese myths and all these other things. Uh, and because of that, it feels like its own little thing, and that, that that's actually really good. I mean, if it is wrapping up soon, if we end up with say like three trades worth, if you know, if we're ending about issue yeah. eight, because this is issue twelve, uh, I can see it's going to about eighteen or so. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be an okay run for a bit like this, I think. Yeah, it's a nice run. Yeah, I can see it wrapping up because mm-hmm. it's been solid, but I don't think it's been performing fantastically. And yeah. you know it's it's done enough to end its story on its terms, but maybe not tell whatever he had planned next if he had an idea for yeah. something else. Just, the only thing that made me think this is like we getting we're getting zero really quick compared to how deliberate the first two arcs were, right? And now we're getting zero and omen. Like I felt like we just had the omen payoff. Like even the first hint that it was his mom, 
And now, you know, two, three issues later, she's out and out saying, you know, oh, no, I am your I mean, mom. I'm at like speculation, but you could be right. Maybe he's speeding up because he realizes, oh, they've, maybe they'll yeah. give him advance warning. All right, well, you're getting to issue 20, so you need to start maybe moving your thing yeah. along kind of thing. Um, yeah. But if they have done that, I appreciate that they gave him the warning and said, look, you're going up to this issue. Yeah. This is, you know, that's what you've got to wrap Yeah, up. I think that that was something they learned before, obviously, in the to his... They can't just cancel books because people get annoyed. Like if you cancel them, yeah. When they have a dedicated audience, and I think this does have a dedicated audience. It's just maybe not big enough to survive indefinitely. Well, it's also good for creatives too, being given the chance to tell out your story. Like yeah, you got to rush it along, but you're able to finish what you're doing. Like I always felt like Kyle Higgins always kind of got the rough end of the stick yeah, when they decided to kill Nightwing off and, and put him into Grayson. He was right in the middle of the story. That he had moved Dick Grayson to Chicago for, um, so mm. and now I mean now he's writing Power Ranger books and that's all good and well, but you kind of feel like he left unfulfilled from telling his Nightwing story. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm digging New Superman a lot. I think I think it's. I hope that yeah. if it if it does end soon that we don't just lose them. Like get, get, let us keep these yeah. characters in some way. I, like I think. We'll keep because obviously Keenan's been showing up in a. It, it was in action this week, so I yeah. think that guarantees he will stay around, and that likely means he'll call in his Justice League at some point. At the very least, his team, mm-hmm. if not the rest of the supporting cast. I'd, I'd love if maybe after this ends, if we do get like a mini, maybe like a six issue mini called Justice League of China, and we actually have them as a team or something. Like, you know, like yeah. I think there's yeah. options to like revisit it down the line as like minis or specials or. It definitely doesn't close it off. I think at this point. I'm looking at it and going, okay, this this probably is going to end soon. Well, I'm hearing from my um, with a speed knob. I'm looking at, you know, sales numbers aren't amazing. I'm feeling, you know, they're launching new titles, so maybe that's an excuse to go, okay, we can cull a yeah. couple of the lower ones. Is, hey, is I'll, it, I'll probably wait till it's all finished and then read it all now. As long as they've given him warning and he knows that where he's ending and he gets to wrap up the core core ideas and plots that he's got going. Uh, but hopefully it leaves it open and we, we, can, we can return to these characters down the line because it's actually what ended up being one of the better books of Rebirth it's just it's such a little pleasant surprise mm-hmm. and in terms of just being self-contained and kind of being its yep. own little world it just I think it's accomplished a lot uh, it's a really fun set of characters uh, like you just have fun with them uh, bantering like the, the way they like you can tell they're annoying each other, and like the, they don't like Keen, Keen doesn't like them, but they're kind of bonding anyway. Like it's it's really well constructed in that sense. Um, and this had a giant kaiju fight with a giant turtle, so uh, which I praised a lot last issue when it, it first popped up. But I'm praising it again because it's it's great. It's a great yeah, thing. I agree. Uh, so there you go. That's new Superman. Uh, went over a little bit, a little bit there, but. Hey ho, one book left. Uh, so the last book is Batgirl and the Birds of Prey number 11, uh, written by Julian Shauna Benson, uh, art by Rose Antonio. Uh, just me reading this one. Uh, and notice how I put New Superman in the middle of two ones that only I read, so it wasn't just me talking for on my own for an extended 10-minute period. Um, so this is the start of a new arc. Uh, we're getting to the core of this new Oracle uh, dude. Um, basically... Batgirl's not an idiot. She has actually been monitoring him. She's like rigged these like, cameras and been sort of monitoring his computer activity, and realizes that he's been speaking to someone that he might be trying to turn turn on them and that kind of thing. And it turns out he's got a bit of a sob story where he ended up having to work for a villain because of uh, money troubles and his mother. And he because he's quite good at what he does, 
he ended up getting hired by the calculator, who basically said, if you do not work for me, uh, I will frame you for half of my crimes and you will spend your life in prison. Uh, so he's kind of doing it against his will, and it turns out the medication he was taking, because uh, they bring that up thinking he's maybe just like some sort of junkie, he's, like, he's been high, it turns out he was taking medication because he's bipolar. Okay. And it helps him keep keep that on, in check, uh, kind of thing. So, if I have a complaint about this issue, it's that when they when he says he's bipolar, uh, given how suspicious... Because the issue actually opens in a really fun way. It opens with a, a canary and Huntress hanging him upside down out of the clock tower. Uh, and he's like, you're here... So you get information from people. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you guys don't kill. And then Barbara, who's standing off to the side, goes, yeah, I don't kill. That's why they two are holding you out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just, just fun stuff but if I have a complaint it's, it's when he mentions his bipolar which I like I like that they're bringing a real illness into this and it's actually like a, a sympathetic thing that he's, he's got a real condition it wasn't because I, I think we everyone assumed who was reading this when he started popping pills oh he's, he's got some sort of problem he's addicted to something because that's where your mind goes in these type of scenarios mm-hmm. uh, but no it turns out no he's actually just got he's got an illness and he, he's dealing with it uh, but because of how suspicious they were of him of been up to stuff throughout the rest of the issue they immediately just sort of turn to sympathetic and immediately kind of trust him a little bit more and I felt like no wouldn't you check or something I don't know it just it felt it, like it turned too easily it doesn't excuse what he's done necessarily because like I say he's taking pills to keep it in check and, it, mm. and you, if you're suspicious you don't drop all of them just because of right, that you because, go okay but, but there could be something else yeah. still because the, the point that it brings up, because the reason why he's been getting them from calculator is that uh, they're not prescription, because they, they mentioned that this is just a blank bottle. There's nothing here. What, what are these? Uh, and it's because he, he calculator is getting them for him. They're, they're not going through the usual channels. He, he gets his medication from him. Um, is there a reason why he can't go through the usual channels? I can't afford it. Right. Uh, I think was the gist of it. But um, yeah, basically, because he did make a lot of money from working with Calculator, but he felt so guilty about everything that he was doing that he had been given it all to charity. He was given all of his, mm. his money away, uh, kind of thing. And basically, he tells this story. Uh, basically, Calculator is determined for him to meet, and he explains that oh, he wants me to introduce you to him, uh, but he thinks something's up because he's become quite like uh, like frantic. Like He really needs this meeting to happen uh, to the point where he's threatening him a lot more than he usually does. Uh, and they basically they go to the calculator and it turns out the calculator doesn't actually want to do anything bad to them he wants their help uh, because Uh-oh. someone is after them this, this company that he helped rip off is after them because he he basically hacked into this company he sold the information to someone who wanted to steal something and we get this cool uh, scene where someone who we don't see they're just in silhouette the whole time through this entire like heist but we see someone as he's explaining what happened we see this heist happening of someone stealing these jewels from a, uh, a vault in this building and he uh, explains that yeah, the hack was traced back to him, so they're they're threatening him, and he needs the help of the birds of prey, and they're like, basically they're like, okay, we're willing because they kidnap his family. That that was the, what they've got at stake. So Huntress is basically, look, I don't like him either, but there's actually like an innocent wife and like child at risk here, so we should step in and do something. So they basically agree, and then we find out at the end, they're like, okay, so who was the who was the uh, Who's the you know the person who hired you? Who 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 broke in and stole stuff, and the, the cliffhangers that it was Catwoman. So we got some Catwoman action coming to Birds of Prey, uh, which is pretty fun. I I nice. mean I enjoyed I enjoyed this show a bit quite a bit. I I do think uh, the way they completely changed their their minds immediately with uh with New Oracle was a 
bit quick for my taste. It just felt a little bit unnatural. Uh, but as normal, it was the the interaction that them like dangling them off the roof. There was some fun stuff to be had. Um, it was maybe just a little bit much, too much of the issue was uh, the new Oracle explaining his backstory. So it was a lot of his flashback for the middle of the issue. Um, mm-hmm. Once we got to calculate, though, that was quite fun because you know it's, it's kind of a sealess villain, which is kind of perfect for Birds of Prey. Uh, to yeah. maybe kind of elevate some of those type of villains up a little bit more. Um, well, he's always been a good foil for Barbara too, because when yeah. he was when she was Oracle, that's what he went from being like the Z grade villain to being the Oracle of crime because yeah. of her. Well, that, that's actually how he found found New Oracle is that basically he he was obsessed with her, and when he saw someone was using the name, he tracked him down, and like then that's when he started yeah. blackmailing him and doing all this stuff. Uh, so that's the thing that's going on. Uh, but no, no, it's fine. I'm glad to bring uh, calculator into it, and uh, I'm excited for Catwoman to be involved. Um, but uh, all some fun stuff uh, when Batgirl was talking to him because she was the one sort of down the alleyway, like sort of talking to him. You could you could hear like Canary and uh, Huntress bickering over the comms about what to do, uh, which was kind of amusing. Nice. Uh, but no, it was fun. Uh, art's been pretty consistent with the last several issues, which is to say, pretty pretty decent, enjoyable. Um, and I think I think what I'll, this book sort of and probably why you, you guys dropped it is I, I think it is never exceptional it's just kind of a solid kind of fun romp like it never feels like it's doing anything important it's just a good time I, I don't have a problem with that I mean but yeah. it, it, it was the art for me I just couldn't stand it I couldn't I couldn't well, my, mine was just like too much else to read I didn't have time well, that, 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 is, too. that is a fair fair yeah. point yeah. Uh, but I, I'm still digging it uh, so uh, I, mean, I mean, when it's on a week two like this, it was definitely the lowest priority of the week. Don't yeah. get me wrong, yeah. but um, but it still sounds fun. It sounds like a cohesive story. Oh yeah, you know, I'm following it just by you saying, you know, it, what had happened. So. It, it, I mean, it's building its new characters up a little bit, and it feels like it's it it especially since the writers are TV writers originally. I think yeah. I think they're getting a little bit more used to how to write a comic book as they go. But they're, they're easing into it just a little bit more as time goes Makes on. Makes sense. Uh, it does because I, I think part part of the, the thing is uh, the dialogue's good but it does feel very like it doesn't flow as well as a comic book and I feel like that's something they're maybe like, learning more as they go because they're, they're so used to writing it for the screen I, I think it's because how often on TV do you actually like storyboard as much uh, action sequences and stuff like that I would guess yeah that's what I mean but they're, they're, they're CW right they're, that's where they're yeah, from but it wouldn't be them that would be doing the storyboarding if it was well, so. well no it wouldn't but I don't they never I don't think they're even writing with that in mind they're just going right dialogue what's what, what the character's going to say and I think for a comic you, you need to structure it a little bit differently yeah, I think yeah. that's what they're used to and I think maybe that's why it has been a case of easing into it as, as the series yeah. has been on but um but no, uh, so there you go. That, that's all the books. That can take us on to our favourites, favourites of the week. Um, and balls, I've not thought about this at all. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but of course, before we talk about our favourites of this week, we talk about the patrons' favourites of last week, um, which I completely forgot to get up. I do apologise. <laughs> so I'm on my way. Way to go. Look, it's a bloody disgrace, isn't he? Look, I had so many books to read Connor pushed off a recording to right before we did this so that is squeeze that was that like in. A, you had a good 20 minutes I had to skim through 10 books in 20 minutes it well, ended up being 30 so well it's your fault I'm so many books <laughs> shut up I had one more than you one more alright so let's see I only had 8 thank you very much let's see 
what the results were. Uh, Batman number 24 won best book for last week on our patrons vote. Um, also won art, which I also can't cannot argue with at all. And uh, <laughs> best cover went to Green Arrow uh, last week. So that's Green Arrow 24 as well. So there you go. That's, that's patrons picks from last week. Um, and they're all landslides by the looks of it. Uh, oh no, best cover was more split. Best cover was more split. That was more close, but uh, the others were pretty, pretty much unanimous. Uh, so there we go. Uh, so this week's favourites from us. So we'll start with panel, as we always do. Um, I'm going to go to Matt first for his panel of the week. So I have it down to two, but my gut right now is just saying Zatanna because it's such a great panel. Uh, turn the page, and there she is, talking Welsh. So, <laughs> you know. But yeah, that's my panel from from Detective. Cool, cool. Uh, Connor? That, that's great, but I think it's negated a little bit because I knew I was getting Zatanna. So I'm going to have mm. to go with uh, Tuning Fork. Tuning Fork. <sighs> Just because, you know, didn't know that was coming. It was like, oh, that is exciting. Now now I've got a sense of what this event is. That's such an easy, dependable choice. It is, but... You know, well, I probably didn't pick the Crisis Tower, because, duh. But, you know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a mix here. I'm not sure what to go with. There's a lot of ones that I've mentioned this week that I really liked. Um... Part of me really wants to go with something with Titans, but not as much as that art was great throughout. There was nothing specific that sticks out as a moment. No, there wasn't. Uh, so, I think with that said, I am going to go with Wonder Woman, and I'm going with the panel of Cheetah slashing Veronica Kale's back. Uh, it's a good choice during it's the fight brutal. because it's brutal, and I felt the hit, like I felt the pain. Yeah, see, this this is what I was like when I picked. Guy ripping out Arklo's eye. It's like, yeah, just just looks great. It's brutal. Pretty metal. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, all right, best cover of the week. I'll go first because I'm going with uh, Titans. Actually, I, I like that cover the most. I think the art's mm. great. I think it's a really cool idea for a cover with a uh, omen like in pain as she as she sees all these demonic versions of all the Titans. Um. Yeah, I think it's really pretty. So I'm going with that. Simple. Connor? Uh, I'm going to go with Hal and Pals. It's a really nice cover with uh, Hal and Saranek with their rings up and the, the green and yellow meet in the middle. But it's all the rings, like the, the, you know, the, the light rings that emanate out of it. Uh, in between them is like all the, the various things that are going on like in, in, the, in the book. I like the idea that this is someone's first episode that they've tried. And all, all, all their, they keep hearing Hal and Pals as if it's just... It's the name. Why right. would they question it? Matt, what was your cover of the week? Oh, I'm going to go with the Flash. I just like the way that's composed, the lightning mm-hmm. bolt that splits. So you got Hal and, and Barry fighting multiplex, and then right underneath that, the lightning bolt with Flash, Kid Flash versus Reverse Flash. That's a good cover. It looks so week. cool. Yeah, no, yeah. good set of them. Um cannot complain uh, so I'll take us on to art of the week uh, yeah I mean easy for a uh, uh, titan so <laughs> I'm, I'm jumping on my titans yeah. I mean don't get me wrong I'm tempted tempted to be Wonder Woman uh, and obviously I love Supergirl's art but uh, the, uh, the forge is just too over the place it's too disjointed yeah, yeah. It's all over oh Jesus Christ Jesus Christ 
God damn it. <laughs> I need a tuning fork. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, Forge, you could say like a third of it was great. You know? Yeah, because... that's, that's fair. Uh, aye, did you pick a cover? No, uh, we're on art. I picked, I picked Titans. Right. Hey, Matt, what's your, what's your art of the week? Uh, my art's going to be Wonder Woman. It's hard to pick against. Nah, that's fair. Heavily. Yeah, I'm going Wonder Woman too. That, that, that is absolutely fair. Um... I think it's because I don't usually get to see those characters drawn such well, so well. But it's, just, it's a special treat. It's a special occasion when it's not Booth. It's a special treat. Uh, um, so top five books of the week then. Uh, Matt, I'll go back to you first for this one. So I got to go with The Forge as number one just because it feels epic mm-hmm. and like a nice prelude. And then two, I'm going to go Flash. I really enjoyed that issue. Three, Detective Comics. Four new Superman and five. Oh no! Actually, I need to throw Wonder Woman in there. So two, two Wonder Woman, three Flash, four Detective, and five new Superman. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forge at number one. Two Wonder Woman. Three Flash. Four detective, five Hallam pals. Wow, almost three, mm. four, four fifths the same, Connor. That scares me. It scares me. Yeah, I didn't read New Superman. I know. <laughs> I almost took Hallam pals. That's that's imagine me. <laughs> don't, don't, don't give him credit. That's the only reason. Um, for okay, I'm going on the fours number one as well. So we got a unanimous pick. Uh, for the first time in a while, so that's exciting. Uh, so Dark Days Four is number one, um, and then, oh, this is this is tough. Uh, yeah, I'll probably agree with Wonder Woman at number two. Uh, the Flash at number three. <laughs> so far, so good. Detective at number four. <laughs> well, I didn't read Hallen Pals, so I'm not picking that. I can I can assure you that. No, but just the fact that we have a unanimous top four. Yeah, that is really yeah. weird, admittedly. I mean, I, 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 ever I, I could shift on like 2 to 40, to be honest. I could probably shuffle them a little bit, but I'm, I'm going with my gut here. Uh, and I'll probably put... I'll probably put Titans at number five. Yeah, put Titans at number five. Did have your art and your cover. So. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly, exactly. New Superman could have been in there, uh, which mm-hmm. would have matched me too much with Matt, so I thought, no, I can't. No, I've got to change it up a little bit. We've got to all at least have different number fives. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, um, but no. Uh, so there you go. That's that's the books of the week. I guess that just leaves me to tell you what's coming next week. Now, I'll, I'm going to say uh, All Star Batman off the bat because uh, it is yes that that got pushed from the previous week, so it's not in my list. But that's that's actually ending with issue fourteen now. It is. Uh, so yeah, days on number. Because um, the, the story with Murphy is apparently being told in a prestige format, much like the you know the the yeah. Supergirl mini at the minute. So that's not All Star Batman anymore. It's just it'll be. I think it will be All Star Batman, but that'll be the yeah be doing by arcs, which I'm not upset about because we all know how we all felt about All Star. So yeah, I mean, I can see them still calling All Star Batman colon then whatever the. The title yeah. of the yeah. story is, or I could see yeah. him just calling it Batman. Whatever the story is, because I'm gonna buy whatever Murphy and and Snyder work on together. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I I dropped All Star, but I mean, if they're doing that as a separate thing, I maybe I'll 
Yeah. Maybe I'll try that since it's kind of a fresh start. But coming next week, uh, prepare your time and your wallets because uh, we have some anniversary issues and all the issue 25s that are hitting next week are all extra dollar and they're all bigger sizes. So uh, there's a, lot, a lot of these are conclusions to current arcs and a lot of them are beginnings of next arcs depending on where they are in their stories. So they've worked it out kind of nice. Uh, it does mean next week they'll be have some really cool big issues to... Uh, come with. Uh, although Matt gets to not worry about it as much because he, he has more time to read them because Matt's actually mm-hmm. going to be missing next week because he has a comics yep. convention that he needs to go to and as yep. a result uh, he will be missing for a week which is a shame. It it's is. A rough week to miss. Yeah. Cause I mean uh, at least you got this week with the forge. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to start a war on jokes and riddles next week and you know, obviously some of the other 25s may be big so but anyway, so what's coming next week then? Other than All Star Batman, we have Aquaman twenty five, which we're not actually covering. But uh, uh, do, although... do you ever think about catching up with that? Because that's the the first issue of the new arc with uh, Cedric on. Yeah, I do really want to look at the new issues for Cedric's art, so I may catch up from next week. I may go on a, a catch up of Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so Aquaman twenty five next week. Uh, Batman number twenty five, of course. Uh, start a war on drugs and riddles. We have got Batwoman number four. Green Arrow number 25, Green Lantern's number 25, uh, Nightwing number 23, Superman number 25, which will be obviously be the conclusion to the uh, current arc. And we get Super Sons number 5, we get Trinity number 10, and for those interested, uh, I don't know if we're going to be covering them, I don't know if Connor's going to try them, he's probably not going to have time given we've got all those longer issues, uh, but Lobo Roadrunner number 1's out, and Wonder Woman Tasmanian Devil number 1's out. Nah, I didn't read any of the, the Looney Tunes ones this week either. Yeah. So. yeah. No, there I was is... totally planning on Bugs and Legion, but I just didn't have time. Yeah, that's not yeah. fair. Well, there is a, also Justice League 23, which is still not by Hitch, so that may get tried. Oh, yeah, I may try that. I mean, if I've got time, maybe I'll. Yeah, yeah, kind of t- time depending. Yeah, if it's another one, one sort of one or with a new writer. Uh, also, Harley Quinn number 22 is a, Again, I kind of skipped over that because we don't cover that, yeah. but. Uh, there you go. That's that's what's coming next week. So big week, big week, big books. Uh, so there you go. Just gonna say. Um, obviously, we lost Adam West last week, and uh, mm. there's all the the tributes this past week. The, yep. Did you see the the, the bat signal in L.A.? Yeah, yeah, saw it. Yeah, yep. that was nice. But um, the powerless had an episode with him in that it never got aired because of when that got shafted. They released that for free on uh, DC All Access. This mm. uh, for it says a limited time. But if oh. anyone's interested, then go get that episode. Uh, and oh. they did. Oh, you may be going to, I was just about to jump in with, but someone tweeted at me uh, about a sequel to the Cape Crusaders. Uh, yeah, they confirmed that they'd got all of his stuff recorded already, so that will nice. still be coming out later this year as was planned. Oh, well, that's nice for fans. That's, that's a good. Yeah. yeah. It's a little bittersweet, obviously, but. It is, but it's, yeah. it's nice to at least have it as. Because he clearly enjoyed doing it. Mm. it, it, it I, you, you guys obviously didn't watch the, the movie last year, but it, it was a, clearly a passion for a lot of them. But so it's nice to have one more of those. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's, that's good stuff. So uh, I guess that brings an end to what's turned out to be a relatively long show. Which I should have predicted. I didn't. I didn't see he's going half an hour on the news. That was the mistake. Uh, yeah. 
Matt, Matt got grumpy about some of the one shots, and I had to pry and figure out why. That was the that was the mistake. Yeah, you episode. could have just left me alone. And it I could have. Been fine. I could have. <laughs> but not to. I assumed you he liked likes the, to poke the bear. I assumed you liked the forge, though, so it was confusing me that you were being yeah. down on them, and uh, we went down a path. But here we are. Here we are at the end of the show. So thank you very much for watching and or listening. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Give us five stars if you're on iTunes and all that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, if you want to support the channel, if you want to support the podcast as well as all the other stuff we do on the Mailed Fuzz TV YouTube channel where we review movies and TV shows and stuff, uh, go over to patreon.com slash TV and see some of the bonuses on there if you want to support us, uh, including being able to vote for what trade paperback or arc we cover in fifth weeks on this show, uh, as well as some bonus comics content that aren't, is not DC related. I'll promise you now, anything DC related will be available to everyone uh, in some manner. Uh, so you never have to worry about that. But the idea that there's some extras where we'll just we'll try number ones and things like that. Uh, me and Connor have been doing uh, Aliens Dead Orbit every month that started last month. Me and Matt are doing Archie. Uh, I, I did months. a written piece on the new Darth Vader series that you started did? last yeah. week. Uh, so if it's more than one of us, it'll usually be a video. If it's just one of us have read something and want to do something on it, maybe write a little piece for Patreon. Uh, but you know, so so there's some comic stuff there, but there's also stuff for all the other things we do with movies and all the rest. And, of and you get to you know vote on your picks. And you get to vote in your weekly picks, uh, which is what we did before our picks. Uh, so yeah, the the new voting form for uh, episode 56, which is this one, uh, will be up uh, before the end of the weekend, and then you have until basically we start recording the next episode. Because as we've clearly seen, I don't even look at it until it's time to read it out. So, uh, <laughs> fast and loose. Fast and loose. Uh, so check out that stuff if you want to. Pete's nickname, Fast and Loose. <laughs> I have had worse. It's fine. Uh, so yeah, check that out. Uh, but that is us. So thank you once again. So come back next week and join us, or at least join me and Connor. Matt will be back the week after uh, for more DC comics. So yeah, uh, that's us. So what do I always say? I always say, always remember, never get lost in the speed force. And then Matt will say something in about three seconds. Stupid. Usually about Connor Kent. If it's not about the Legion of Superheroes, I'm just waiting for it now. I remember Impulse.